Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week in league, the Titans plead with Julia Gillard to select Jamal Idris in her PM13 to keep him away from Devon and tomato sauce sandwiches for at least a few more weeks. After being slaughtered at the hands of the Twill Nation, Sharkland 05 regroups and picks a softer target in Robbie Farah. Canberra finds the Sharks Achilles heel. Funnily enough, it's located in the exact same place as Todd Carney's Achilles heel. And we'll review all the action from the first round of the final series. All that and more, this week in league. Welcome to episode 104 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Sam. Wow, that feels weird to say. Yeah, Sam is uh, is back for a, a second go round. Uh, he's pulling us out of the shit once again. Um, I have a feeling that Glenn may be back next week, but um, Sam is doing a mighty job of once again helping us out in a bind and uh, saving all of you guys from listening to me solo. Yeah. Well, I'm just hoping I don't suffer from any second episode syndrome. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to send a lot of love out there to all the people that showed me a lot of love during the week. Got an absolute truckload of Twitter followers and all of it was really positive. So, I don't know if people are just sitting and waiting ready to ambush me with, 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 some, <laughs> with, with some trolling. But no, thank you everyone for all the love. It was, um, it was nice. Cool. Okay. Uh, intro stuff, housekeeping stuff. I don't think there really is. I mean, the the Twilly Awards, the uh, the more legitimate version of the Dally M Awards, uh, they're coming up. As always, they take place the episode after the grand final, so the week after the grand final, um, and we'll be getting nominations and uh, shortlists uh, for the various categories and stuff like that up and running shortly, probably before the next episode, actually. So, We'll announce it on Twitter and Facebook and stuff anyway, but if you've got any ideas for any categories, uh, guys that have listened to to us in the past, you know, we've had, this is a couple of seasons in now, this show, so we've had a couple of Twilly Awards, you know the categories that usually appear, if you've got anything that you think might, you know, need to be added to those categories, then by all means let us know, um, you know, because we'll always expand it if it's something funny or something good. And uh, yeah, then we'll be uh, getting a, a crack team together to assemble shortlists for the various categories, and we'll go from there. And once we've got that ready to go, we'll uh, have the voting forms online, and uh, you'll have a couple of weeks to vote. So all good. Awesome. That's got to be some awesome new, um, I guess, awards this year. Surely it's got to be something related to Jam- Jamal Idris. There's got to be something in there. It's got to be possibly a well, Steve Ad- Matai injury. Well, there'd be a per- there'd award. be like a uh, that's, that's a fallacy though. He doesn't get injured. Oh no! no. <laughs> he just not. I mean he, he grabs the shoulder and everything, but he, he he finishes the game. He finishes the game. That's what men do. The hypochondriac the award then possibly Matai hypochondriac award. Oh, I think I'm injured. Oh, hang on, maybe not. Yeah, but that's like you know, it's not like he's even like saying like faking injury to like for any sort of gain, like you know, to leave the field and have a breather or anything like that. He just does it. You know, trots back into the line. They'll probably attack him and he just makes his tackle, does his job like men do. All right. I'm not going to give that any more air. I think there's something. I think that... that, But there is a category. You mentioned Jamal Idris. I think there might be a category for like, you know, 
fat, fat mess of the year category. or fat mess of the year or yeah. something like that um, <laughs> or like or something about like the worst buy of the year and you know so you know guys like Idris and Sandow and Adam Blair and you know Guys like that can uh, get a bit of a uh, run. Agreed. Um, I think that'll be added. I mean, we've probably had something like that in the past. I can't remember. I have to go back and revisit the last episode. But all the favourite ones are going to be there, like the team of the year and, you know, the gronk of the year and, the you know, fan of the year, all that sort of stuff. So, anyway. Yeah, the possibly team in decline would be good too, maybe well, for next year. Well, I mean, year. I think last year, uh, the the revelation of the season award went to Daly Cherry Evans and Rookie of the Year. And like, and I was, I was I said at the start that it happened. Um it was obvious, one of the most obvious uh, awards, I think, that we had, and it was pretty apparent, especially after the grand final was done and dusted, that he was definitely going to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, that was like the biggest lock in the history of this show. Just like I think that this year, <laughs> for the best hashtag of the year, I have a sneaking feeling that Tigers in Decline may win that one in a landslide, but uh, and oh, rightly so. Maybe, oh, well, <laughs> it, it might just edge Sex Pest out. Well, Sex Pest is going to be in there. It's definitely going to be in there as well, but I just don't think that it's uh, as widespread amongst the, the listeners. There is a subset of listeners that really do like the Sex, sex Pest tag, though, and they do throw it out. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I don't throw it there anywhere near as much, but it just, it's just humorous. It just tickles me. It should be thrown at you. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, of all the people who listen to the show, I, mean, you know, I do do it in the Nude, yeah, yeah, and you know you have been on a documentary about yes. about you know sexual deviancy or you know or whatever. What was the actual topic of the entire series of? Uh, it was secret sex lives, and it was in relation um, to how does how does pornography affect, um, I guess, relationships. And yeah. um, and and long story short, it does a lot. But that's a story for another day. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> But, not, uh, not necessarily my current one, but no, no, just just in general. Interesting. <laughs> All right, um, and also I mean you have to mention as well. Uh, got sponsors that we've got uh, on it. dot com. That is o n n i t. dot com. Makers of Alpha Brain and uh, Shroom Tech Sport and many other awesome supplements. Um, my favourite one is Shroom Tech Sport, and you should probably try it actually on a run. Yeah, I I'm think. always looking for new stuff. Yeah, to try because this is more like a. Uh, it's not like something that gives you a pep, like a like a jittery caffeine sort of thing. It's basically that's it there. Actually, I've got it on my desk because I had some before I went to gym today. But it's basically um, it comes from uh, uh, mushrooms um, and specifically ones in the uh, like cordyceps mushrooms in, in South America. And they found that uh, the like natives found that you know the the cattle and everything that was sort of grazing on them were were basically coping better at high altitude for you know whatever you know for you know eating these mushrooms so basically that's, that's how it'll start and the natives would do it and you know it's kind of it almost simulates like benefits of altitude training like it's just easy to get wind and as far as you know when running is concerned that's a good thing mate it's, look i'm always looking for new some ways to give me the edge as as not an elite runner and just a, a sort of run of the mill runner i'm always looking for the, for that sort of edge and you're yeah. fucking somewhat better than run of the mill oh i i'm i you see people think that who 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 don't I guess uh, don't understand the running well, but really I'm just I'm just a Joe Blow that trains. That's really God honest. Yeah, but so I mean, I'll, I'll take whatever. But, but you know how it can't, you know how it works in running is if you've got people that the you know you've got the the Joe Blows, you've got people that do like a five hour marathon or a four hour marathon. You're fucking under three, aren't you? Oh, not yet. Three oh one. Three. And this Sunday, this Sunday, look me up on um for the results. If you see me under three hours. I'll guarantee be naked and drunk somewhere in Sydney celebrating. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that's the thing. Like, under three hours, I mean, you're fucking closer to, to Olympic pace than not. 
Well, I'll, I'll take that. Thank you. You're like 45 I, minutes I, off I, like an Olympic runner. Yeah, but then 45 is a lot. We'll put it this way. If you can get if you can get 301, I mean, that qualifies you to run in any marathon that has a qualifying time. But yeah, it does. Yeah, it does so, qualify for Boston the likes, but maybe... So not a fucking run of the mill, motherfucker. <laughs> Talk yourself up. Maybe Shroom Tech here will definitely... Maybe what I need to get me under that, get that minute off. Hey, look, I definitely think I'll have to give it a whirl. Awesome. And you can get 10% off any of them. If you go to onnit.com, that is O-N-N-I-T.com, and uh, buy any of the products. And they, they usually come uh, with the, the pill-related ones. They usually come in uh, in packs of 30. So you can actually get a 30-pack. You get 10% off if you throw the code T-W-I-L in there at checkout. And uh, if you're not happy with the, the product at all, uh, they'll refund the first 30 pills. So give it a crack. That's you know that's probably the best way to do it. I mean, every time no, they I'm release trying. a new pro- every time they release a new product, I just try it. Um, if I haven't tried. There's a new one, something like a, a bone strength one. I mean, that doesn't particularly interest me because I don't have osteoporosis. But um, yeah, I do try and try uh, most of them, especially the ones that like relate more to the stuff that I you know that I like to do, like uh, brain stuff and uh, and for the gym stuff. So get on it and uh, yeah, and let's and if you do get and if you do grab something, let us know too because uh, we really appreciate it and we do get a cut. You get a discount, we get a cut and everyone's happy and uh, it helps us pay the bills to host this uh, thing that we call This Week in League. News. First story, big story in the week as far as uh, internet is concerned. And now I know that not all of our listeners are on Twitter and, and Facebook and things like that. But if you've been, if you're listening to this show and you're on Twitter, you definitely are aware of this story. Robbie Farah has become a victim to Twitter trolls. Uh, I'll go through the article itself, and then we can get more into the specifics and you know the the ramifications of it all. But um. West Tigers captain Robbie Farah has called on the police and politicians to act after he was the recipient of a distasteful message on Twitter about his late mother. The laws are piss weak and people should be accountable for their comments, is uh, something he said. Um, he called on Prime Minister Julia Gillard to tighten social media laws after he received the violent message, demanding the so-called Twitter trolls be held accountable for their actions. He also stated he'd contacted police over the matter. We uh, all need to make a stand and get these scums off Twitter, he said. Um, we all need to make... Uh, uh, sorry, he said, the laws are piss weak, people should be accountable for their comments. Then he sent a message to Julia Gillard's Twitter account and said, uh, we need Julia Gillard to take some action and change these soft laws. People need to be accountable for their comments. Um, his mother of course uh, she died in June after a long battle with cancer um, and uh, just after the origin period uh, obviously he missed some games to the West Tigers that kind of thing and this uh, Twitter user I mean we're not going to actually name the Twitter account and it wouldn't matter if we did because um, it's since been deleted and shut down because I think that this guy uh, you know I have a feeling that the cops are definitely onto this guy Um and you know, some people. Th- I saw people on Twitter saying, "Oh, we've got his IP address and like something." No, you don't. You're idiots. But I think that you know, the police obviously they can then put in requests, you know, for disclosure of information by Twitter. And whether or not they, I, I have a feeling that they do actually um, respond to those because in England there's been a couple of cases where there was a a, a guy that made a racial taunt towards, a, I think it was a soccer player, and he got actually jailed or he was certainly charged. And uh, there was another one that made a... Um, some defamation, I think, possibly, where I think someone, some lady was being defamed and, and managed to uh, get Google to, um, I think yep. it was Google, to, to give up 
the person's information after yep. a legal battle. So, it, like, it can be done. Yeah, it definitely can be done. But what this person actually said was, um, and, you know, hey, I don't, I, I don't think I need to do a language alert anymore, but this, <laughs> but just, uh, this is pretty fucking disgusting. <laughs> he said, uh, he tweeted this to Robbie Farah's Twitter account, at Robbie Farah. I'd still fuck your mum. I'll have to wear a gas mask to help with the smell of decomposing flesh, but I'd fuck her hard. So that's what was said for people who don't know, because a lot of people sort of came after the fact. What was said, what was said, that's wow. what was said. It's pretty much the worst thing that I've ever seen on Twitter. And, you know, I've been amongst some battles before. Um, and, you know, we made a joke about Sharkman at the top of the show, but, I mean, he didn't say anything like that. He was just like, you know, I hope your dog dies. You know, um, you know, I want to run over you in a car. I hope your missus cheats on you. You know, he said shit like that. I mean, it was nothing, certainly nothing comparable to the level of this guy. And especially hitting at a dude that just, um, you know, she's only just uh, passed away a couple of months ago. So he'd still be grieving, you know, to some extent, you'd think. But um, he'd yeah. also, he also targeted Josh Dugan, uh, earlier like you know probably an hour before this and uh one tweet i just have a, a screenshot in front of me of a couple of the tweets and one of them was um to josh dugan he said uh, i hope your girlfriend gets raped and then he followed that one up um one minute later with i hope your parents get trapped in a horrible house fire and get scarred permanently and you have to spoon feed them so this dude's obviously picked his targets on um in terms of uh, nrl players presumably that he doesn't support and uh obviously peg these guys as easy targets and yeah i just it's it's just disgusting really uh like i'm i i'm pretty lenient with a lot of stuff but that's just taking it too far the emergence of twitter and facebook's really brought those socially inept people to the fore in the sense that uh, normally in day-to-day life you can just ignore people or walk away from people you don't want to be with you usually know before you see them if you want to be near them or not People like this that are up in your face and, and throwing it at you on Facebook and Twitter before you've had a, a chance to even know what's coming at you. There, there's a level of trolling that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Normal people, we might not exactly know where the line is, but we know when we're flirting with it. Yep. Look, you, you're the master of, of a quality <laughs> troll. Like You know, normal people know where the line is. Some of us go over it. That's way, way, way over it. And I think it. these guys are actually like giving trolling a bad name. Because, I mean, trolling used to be, before all this stuff started, before the, the whole Charlotte Dawson thing went down, I mean, trolling, it was just basically just fishing for, look, trolling, literally the fishing term, um, just trolling for a reaction. And it wasn't actually, and, and it wasn't getting a reaction in terms of, um, you know, abusing someone so hard that they, you know, responded, you know, with violence or tears. It was more about just like putting something out there, not targeted at someone, but putting something out there. Like I was just doing it today, actually, in relation to Matai, but just putting something out there just to suck people into like, you know, <laughs> just something purposely idiotic, to, just to suck people in and, you know, think it was serious. Look, there's and it fun works. to be had. Oh, it's fun great to be fun. had. I've been trolled. I've numerous times about the Broncos and, and only now after a couple of years on Twitter, am I starting, Twitter, am I starting to learn? It is can be part of the fun if you do it well and you're right. It has given trolling a bad name. It's just it's really easy for some people to sit there on the toilet and, and tweet away, and it's tough to escalate just from zero to a hundred because people just get like in real life. You said to someone, "My my language," but fuck you, you just get punched in the face if if it was in the wrong context. And yep. on Twitter, you can go from zero to that insulting straight off the bat and knowing there's going to be no real repercussions and it just turns into a slanging match turns into 
I just just unwarranted aggression. I, I just think there's a line. Normal people know where the line is, and in any society, you're gonna have people like that that just can't. And then we just talk about yeah, how they actually deal with it. What Robbie did was um, he retweeted that one, the, the the bad comment that I read out before. He retweeted that. And then so what then happened is all the people who followed him on Twitter, this is for people obviously who don't know how Twitter works, the people who followed his tweets on Twitter, they saw it. And then they instinctively, you know, which is probably the purpose of it, they instinctively just started replying and smashing this, you know, the guy that sent the message. And rightfully so. I mean, what the dude said was fucking atrocious. And he deserved to have the absolute kick shit out of him. Yeah, shit kicked out of him, no doubt about it. But, like, Robbie's kind of inflamed the situation a little bit as well, you know, whereas he could have easily just, you know, hit the block button, never seen the guy again. Maybe the guy goes to the trouble of opening a new account if he had the, you know, if he had the time to. I mean, because, you know, it takes you five minutes to go through and do that again. So you've got to be pretty committed to be slamming someone to do that. So, um, could have, you know, he could have just blocked the guy and moved on, but it's kind of become a thing. And now he's tweeting to Barry O'Farrell and tweeting to Julia Gillard and getting them involved. And it's just escalated to something where this morning he did a he had a press conference about a statement that he was, oh, yeah, that, that. He was yeah, that he was reading reading a statement about you know this you know basically it's similar to what he said in his tweets basically, but he thinks that um you know he wants stuff you know changed and talking about you know what's legal ramifications, which I think is a very slippery slope. You can't you can't do it on. On social media, you can to an extent, but there is the law in terms of um, you know, using a carriage service to to you know menace or you know that sort of thing. But then they have to prove it was like you know it was like that as well. I mean, people on Facebook, you know, there was someone in Queensland in Holland Park or something that got convicted. But I think he actually was like, you know, he, there was a tribute page or something on Wasn't Facebook it? for a dead kid, and he oh, and he was yeah, putting like you know, he, was, he was putting like pictures of dead bodies and like child pornography and stuff on there. And I think it was probably more the child pornography side of it that probably. Yeah, brought him unstuck. A few people have um, been done in similar things, like yeah. Facebook pages, like rape my ex, or and all those yeah. sort of stuff that people have been done for. There's, there's got to be laws, I think, just to scare off the the would be people that might mm. do it. But policing it, I just think it's really close to home for Robbie, and fair enough. Yep. But if for everyone else that's not so close to it, it's just. You got to block it, yeah. step away, move on. And unfortunately for Robbie, I mean, while I was extremely abusive and probably, you know, pretty hurtful to him, yeah. you know, given the subject matter, it wasn't racist or, you know, it wasn't like a direct threat, you know, or anything like that, which is probably the things where law, you know, laws would come into play. You'd have to be something like that anyway. Like in England, the guy got done, uh, you know, because uh, he got done for a racist tweet uh, about a soccer player. So. It was the racist part of it. It wasn't just the you know the trolling that got him uh, unstuck. So it's tough, but I mean, like these these sort of you know the, the do gooders that come out now, like oh you know you need the police, you need to charge these people, but they're going to ruin the fucking internet <laughs> because when you start getting controls and stuff like that on the internet, it's very hard to get you know yeah, to well, get those controls worms, removed, isn't it? isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Start yeah. blocking certain pages here, there, and everywhere, and we'll um, exactly. we'll be behind the Great China Firewall, but that's. That's right. Probably a story for another show. And Robbie, I mean, in, in retweeting that other guy, he's he has kind of brought upon himself some more stuff. Another guy who I'm not going to name has come out today. I don't know if this guy's account still exists, but this is uh, around midday, uh, 11.30 this morning. But he's come out and said, um, basically, this guy would have just started up because he's seen the other stuff. I mean, his account hadn't been used for two years prior to today. And when it had been, I think he sent some tweets uh, abusing Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit. And uh, who else did he? Uh, 
I can't remember who the other ones were, but like just celebrities, like just sending stuff to them. So um, then he started, decided to start up on Robbie Farris today and he said, uh, I'm not going to read all of them because some of them are pretty bad, but one of them he said, uh, you football playing fag, if you don't want people abusing you, you shouldn't have been a bully in high school. So... Oh, it's just getting on the bandwagon. It, yeah, totally, totally getting on the, on the bandwagon. And then there's another guy that um, Manly supporters especially are going to know. I'm not going to name him either, but let's just say he uh, has a South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, icon as his uh, Twitter thing. And he around the time of Brett Stewart, the news of Brett Stewart resigning uh, with Manly at the end of last month, he came out and said, uh, why would a rapist resigning for Manly be news? Does he have a clause in his contract about how many 17-year-olds he can rape? So he wasn't actually sending it um, to Brett Stewart because Brett Stewart, very wisely in my opinion, isn't on Twitter. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, same old, same old. Now, troll is gonna troll. Trolls is gonna troll. And now we put it out there to the listeners of the show. And as it turns out, it looks like we've had a massive response too. Just before we actually clicked record, we came out there and uh, and put it out there and see what people would say. And uh, what have we got here? We have. Mercurial Matty V has said, uh, if Barry O'Farrell put as much effort into roads, transport, health and education as he did into Wobby, how good would New South Wales be? Wow, fair call. Yeah, Devonhead, uh, the guy's a dead set wanker and no one deserves to cop tweets like that. So I think he's saying that Robbie's a dead set wanker. But no need to censor Twitter, just block and move on. That's mm. true. Maybe the guy who did the tweets is a dead set yeah. wanker. I think he meant, I think he's probably phrased it a bit. Uh, yeah. Um, Marcus R.A., Three hyphenated words. Boo friggin' who? Uh, that's a rough one. <laughs> Is oh, a rough look, one. Yeah, it's rough. And then, then, then of course, and then Pat Sherlock came in and said that I'm a high, I'm a next level troll, so I have experience in this area. Uh, <laughs> very true. Yeah. Uh, a underscore Frenchy ninety one has said, I think all Twitter users should register their details, name, age, etc. No anonymous accounts could lead to less abusive tweets if people's name is out there. Won't stop everyone, but would stop people being cowards behind a false identity. Yeah, having said that, I use my real name on my personal Twitter account. I'll smash anyone. Yeah, look, it's... But then again, I don't say shit like it'd that. It'd be really hard to do that. Like, yeah. t- Twitter is what Twitter is. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's a pain in the ass just having mobile phones now in Australia and getting prepaids registered and all that. Like, yep. how am I supposed to buy drugs? Yeah, and you can't be a drug dealer. I can't. It's just, life's making it really you can't hard. Buy, for me. You can't buy burners. You can't go to the chemist. You, you, you have to. You have to give over your firstborn child to get some pseudo ephedrine. Oh, I know. I've got to do it over Twitter now. <laughs> uh, Eddie and Zed. Surely, as a public figure, the negatives outweigh the positives for being on Twitter. Why bother with it? Oh, I'm not sure the negatives would outweigh the positives. I mean, times like these would suck. But I think the ability, you know, to to tweet people and, you know, be able to interact directly, almost, you know, pretty much directly with fans and stuff. I think I, I would argue that, you know, other other people like, uh, I think uh, George Rose has probably had excellent experience on Twitter. He gets a lot of love and even people who would, you know, say that they hate him or hate Manly, they seem to like tweeting with him and everything like that. And, you know, I think he, he seems to have, a, you know, pretty good back and forth and doesn't really, you know, cop too much abuse. Um, I think there's certain personalities that work really well with Twitter. Yeah. Because Robbie copped a lot earlier in the year too when he was on that uh, the show on Foxtel when Matty Johns was talking about you know the ambush and everything he got, he got slammed after that as well. Um, Mickey T, nineteen eighty five. What was said was absolutely disgusting to both Robbie and Dugan, but it's one for every ten thousand people that would say shit like that. Yeah. And he's probably right. It's probably even more than that as far as the ratio. So he goes on to say, so block and move on and rise above it. Yeah, he's hit it on the head. I mean, it must be hard when you're probably copping a lot of that yep. day in day out. But I mean, you just got to look at the the five cars in the garage and go it comes part and parcel 
get. And the, and the thing is, if you if you do find yourself getting you know really upset at something you're seeing on Twitter, and you're like a delicate flower that you know, and you know, it is going to affect you to the point where it's actually affecting your life outside of it. Like you can't just turn, you know, shut your computer down and walk away if it's still affecting you at that point. You know, maybe it's time to delete your account. Fake account. Yep, or a yeah. fake account. Yeah. Yep. Have a secret Squirrel account. You know, don't have it as like an open forum for addressing fans. Just have it, you know, for talking to your teammates or, you know, your friends, the actual people you actually know or something like that. Um, Bemson Meister, over in the UK, so he'd have a perspective. He said, are you going to start arresting people for being nasty, in quotes? No. If anyone commits an actual criminal offence, then arrest them. And yes, I would agree. The Riff Man. But seriously, I would love these internet hard men to be accountable for their actions in real life. One month prison cameo. I t- can't wait. A month? That's a while. So, I don't want to pay taxes for them being in jail for a month. I'd just kick them in the nuts. Yeah. Uh, the Chapo eighty two, who's not who's not who's not uh, above some trolling himself, I might say. You know, if you put yourself out there like some people have, you'll attract degenerates. But in saying that, the trolling cross the line. Yes, uh, definitely, sir. definitely cross the line. That's one. The only people universally would agree with that. Uh, she's automatic. Uh, say says uh, people need to settle the fuck down. If you don't like what's said, then hit block or walk away. And. Uh, Dragon Punk 12. Yes, it was a disgusting thing to say, but by publicising the troll, it's only giving them what they want. Block and report them. And uh, Annalise underscore zero eight comes back with pretty much similar things. Said block and report is now my favourite feature of Twitter. Sick of trolls on here. It's a very low thing to do. Magpie view. He's had a couple of tweets here, but the first one is uh, just hash settle the fuck down part two. And he's yeah. gone on to say uh, send tweets actually to us and Robbie Farrow at the same time. So this is someone who's not you know hiding said uh, Robbie Farrow doesn't mind using Twitter to his advantage when he wants to drum up sympathy or whine about being ambushed in quotes what was said to him was indefensible and cowardly but fuck's sake Robbie it's just words hash grow a pair wow yeah. I don't know that's a bit rough I yeah. think you're right the general theme of blocking and, and reporting and moving on yeah do that move yep. on that's fine yep. I, I, I completely understand where he's coming from it's fresh you know it's yep. pretty fresh for him I yeah, think that's sure. the main issue G Porter 2010 uh, let's let Matt I get some match practice this weekend on that grub yes I'm sure, that I'm sure I agree Skip, with you love it too you love it. <laughs> uh, what do we got here East fan banter and mild shit talking is okay but the utter abusive hatred from Farrah's uh, from Farrah's idiot is the worst thing I've heard on Twitter um, and yeah that's basically, and then he's gone on to reply to another another user to say that, uh, yeah, you can't ban matches because some fuckwit starts a fire, and that's yeah. a fair way to look at it too. So I think we've basically exhaustively covered this whole trolling thing. Let's move on. Brian Smith, last week we mentioned that he had uh, been given the asshole from the Trookies, uh, you know, all by in quotes mutual agreement, but he's been replaced already, and it's not by. Uh, Craig Bellamy, the Roosters have uh, banked on Trent Robinson. A coach will start next season way down the payment ladder in the NRL. And they say way down the payment ladder, but he's still going to get about you know a quarter of a million dollars to coach him. So it's not bad coin. Yeah. A fairly full-time job, though. You know, Certainly more full-time than what you would, you, know, you would think is a full-time job, like office job anyway. But um, he was actually assistant coach for the Chooks uh, under Brian Smith in 2010 when they made the grand final. From there, he left to coach the Catalan Dragons in the uh, Super League. And he took them from last place in the previous season to sixth last year and fourth this year, approaching the finals. So um, he always wanted the opportunity to come back and uh, and do a first grade coaching role in the NRL. So now he gets a chance with a three year contract with the Chookies. Uh, he'll be getting two hundred and forty to two hundred and sixty thousand dollars per season. But there are incentive clauses that could double it if they were to win the grand final. Um, 
He's prepared to back himself. Uh, the Roosters seem very confident in their appointment, and uh, the Roosters are players all seem to be uh, a big fan of it as well, uh, and they had a high opinion of him when he was at the club, and there have been a couple of tweets going around from Roosters players as well. Uh, I saw there was one from uh, Martin Kennedy saying, uh, yeah, so pumped to have Robbo back as Sydney Roosters head coach next year. Bring on 2013, can't wait. And uh, Tinarau Arona also said, congrats to our new head coach, Robbo. Looking forward to working with him again, and I know the other boys are too. So, um... You know, I guess it seems like a, a morale-boosting thing for the Chookies, for starters. And, uh, you know, hopefully he does the job and makes them, you know, somewhat competitive. I think with Brian Smith leaving, it's going to be morale-boosting for pretty much anyone. But <laughs> I don't know much about Trent Robinson. He's only 35 years old, which seems like really young. I think Steve Price is about the same age. Yeah, and I don't remember, I don't remember his playing career, and it wasn't that long ago. He didn't play at NRL level. That's why. Because he did play, because I know he spent some time at Parramatta, I think. I think um, he played the juniors, but yeah. from what, um, what I heard, he did not play at NRL level. He did coach under Brian Smith at Newcastle as well, coaching yep. in under 20s. Um, look, uh, like you said, a lot of the players seem really positive that yep. he's coming back. He did get coach of the year last year yep. over there. Um, I mean, but having said that, they're... Uh, a trained monkey could probably get coach of the year in the UK with their quality <laughs> Nathan, levels. Nathan Brown's a successful coach over yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, look, I think it's it's fantastic. It's good to see r- rookie coaches, even if they're not that young, even with yep. Anthony Griffin coming through. There's there's a huge, um, well, I guess, a changing in the guard in the sense that clubs don't seem to be scared to step up. Give someone a crack. Give someone a crack in their those same tied old names that you see, like someone would leave here, they would go there. Someone would leave here, yep. that same. And you rotation. see, they're starting to like they're starting to phase out almost. Like, yep. you have to ask, you know, where's Brian Smith going to end up next? Tim Sheens is on the rocks at the Tigers. Wayne Bennett had a shit house here at the Knights, although I imagine he'd be reasonably secure at least for a little while longer. Um, There's a couple so, yeah. of big names off contract. I mean, got, yeah. or even like Daniel Anderson, uh, yep. Chris Anderson's pretty much got a heart attack. He'll never He's be gone, back. He'll never be back. Yeah. But um. There's quite a few uh, that yep. are floating around out there that, that need to find a home. That's right. I mean, like Graham Murray's been floating around for a while now, and you know, and he, his name is sort of you know, linked to everything. Then you've got some young guys that didn't do the job, like uh, Jason Taylor. Well, Fittler, he nearly you know. did. Yeah, J- well, Jason Taylor was... Um, he was actually mentioned. I think that the Roosters, the best, mor- most morale-boosting thing about this is, I think that the Roosters... Yeah, there's a lot of talk about Matt Elliott becoming the coach and there was talk about Jason Taylor becoming the coach and I think that those two options were absolutely repulsive to supporters of the Roosters and so I think this is a good option and I just I wonder about his style because I mean he's he's done so much assistant work with Brian Smith so I wonder if he's just like a fresher Brian Smith like he has the good yeah. points I had that but then he's got the note is he just going to yeah. be a rehash of yeah. Brian Smith maybe because he's younger he might be you know he might have some more uh you know, I guess more modern thinking on the game, but then he has like the the, the strong grounding that you know maybe it's a good part of Smith. I don't know. Well, time will tell. But the players being seem quite happy with it. Obviously, it was a strong charge towards their finals or their grand final appearance. I'm really excited to see a lot of younger coaches and um, and different names in the NRL. I think it's going to bring different flavors, different tactics. I say bring it on. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I don't know about you, but so I'm getting to the age now where there's like a lot of the coaches are actually like, you remember when they played? Like, so you remember their playing career like Ferner, Tubes, Ivan Cleary, <laughs> yeah, these guys. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> even Michael Hagen for that for that matter though. I mean, he wasn't even playing that long ago. I mean, he's not, he's you know, currently... 
on yeah, the shelf at a Where's it, Steve Folks now? Steve Folks is an assistant at uh it was West Tigers for a while. He's West yeah, he's West he's West Tigers. I think he has moved to uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um did he go to somewhere he like went to a, cricket, but then he came back, I think. Yeah. Uh, is he still a tiger? Is he, I think he left the Tigers. Did he go to like Dragons or something like that as sure, an assistant there's, role? There's a lot of big name coaches out there. Uh, yeah. So it's far more than divides into the number sixteen and even when in, you know, have many like ten or whatever you've got over there in Super League as well. Um Nathan Brown's going to make an appearance sometime soon, you'd think. I think he's done his time the over there. The rumour I'm hearing is Tim Sheens to the Warriors, Nathan Brown into the Tigers. Well, Tigers yeah. decline can even go further than it has. I reckon Nathan Brown, <laughs> I reckon he's. I reckon he might actually be able to shine in the end. I'd love to see him just, slapping. He was too close to, to the, the actual playing group. Yeah, that, I'd that love to see him slapping problem. Benji around on the sideline. Though. That'd be fucking phenomenal. Well, maybe that's what Benji needs. Like, yeah. don't flick past it. Bam! Yeah, yeah, every flick pass. He, Bam, just, he, he, just, he just stands on the sideline like that, just showing his just backhand. Up in the box with the backhand up there, so Benji sees out the corner of his eye. Yeah. Yeah, he he think, sort of does uh, it. He's like, he's like, that. like Benji looks like he's, he starts crabbing sideways, and you can see he's going to do something, and just like, and he just straightens up and throws a pass. <laughs> oh, look, Tim Sheen's to the Warriors. Look, I don't think that would be be bad for them. But having said that, though, it's, they're super stale at the moment. I think they need to change. Yeah, but if Tim Sheen's can't take control of one. Kiwi. You know, one Kiwi. What's he yeah. going to do with a whole team of them? Yeah, it's true, that's yeah. a lot of flick passes. Yeah, and he's losing Maloney as well. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's going to be a, yeah. a bit of a talent drain in the in the halves there too. All right, exciting time. Keep us, give us something to talk about in the off-season. Exactly. Next one. Article came out today. Tuvi, he wants changes to the judiciary. He's called on Rugby League's Players Union to lobby for a complete shake-up of the NRL judiciary model, saying players are frustrated with the way on-field misconduct was dealt with under the present system. Um, basically, uh, this all revolves, uh, it all sort of started because, uh, well, started this week uh, due to Steve Matai uh, accepting an early guilty plea uh, for a grade two careless high tackle charge on Sam Perrett, and uh, he'll be out of next week's game. Uh, he got a one week ban uh, all up. He's re- he's called a uh, he's reissued his call for the judiciary system to be overhauled. Um, he's mystified at how the NRL match review committee arrived at a grade two high tackle charge for Matai's hit on Perrett, and argues the charging procedure in general is flawed. He said it's so subjective. I just don't know how they came up with the grading. I've said from day one when Tony Williams was suspended for seven weeks that the whole system needs to be looked at by the players association just how things are graded it's so subjective and to have subject that subjective subjectivity in my opinion so um the players are the ones who get punished as well as the clubs i think the players need to have their say in the system and how it's run you see some of the cases that have got off with nothing this year recently and you just shake your head the inequality and variance between the charges is my is in my opinion out of whack so he thinks it's up to the Players Association to take a stand with the governing body and he believes a fining system rather than suspensions for minor charges may be an answer. I brought it up with them at the beginning of the year and throughout the year as well. It's up to them to bring it up, I think, and try and sort it out. I don't... Look, I don't know. This I read this article and it just made me a bit angry because Tuvi just seems to be angry at the world all the time. The meaning, meaning of subjective is based on or influenced by personal feelings, tastes or opinions. And I think everyone has a personal feeling and an opinion that Matai is a dirty player. No, dirty player. Look, at the end of the day, Matai had a clean sheet when he started. He's built, over the years of high shots and the likes, he's built this reputation. He has no one to blame but himself. And maybe it is slightly subjective. But I think because of the reputation that he gets pinged for stuff that 
isn't deserving of being pinged for. For example, the tackle that uh, Jeremy Smith did in the game on the weekend was far worse than the Matai one, and he got penalties sufficient, didn't even go on report, and wasn't and wasn't hit up by the match review committee either. But Matai did have carryover points, and it's Steve. Yeah, Matt but carryover, it was carryover points. I mean, he, he didn't. This, but, I mean, this, I'm saying Jeremy Smith didn't. It didn't go on report, and didn't go to the point where he even had to worry whether he had points or not because he never was charged with anything. Oh, and, and this and Matthias one uh, player changing direction. It they clearly started. It clearly hit him in the chest and then bounced up, which is the definition of penalty sufficient tackle. Got your manly goggles on. He but because Sam Perez stayed down, he got a nine point five. I believe the Chinese judge gave him a nine point seven. He might have milked. Yes, he definitely <laughs> milked it. He definitely milked it. But Matai still hit him in the head. Matai has a terrible record. Look at Adrian Morley. Morley, they got done every two minutes for sneezing in the wrong direction. You but he actually, like, he, he, he coat-hanged some fines. guys fair in the face, though, too, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, he did, too. But well, like, even never Bentio done that. this year with shoulder charges, as soon as he did that first one, the second one, he was always going to get time for. Yeah. You build your reputation, you lie what, in your what, bed, what, you what, I'm, what I'm saying is, if it had been Jorge Tofua that did that exact same thing, I guarantee you it would have been a penalty, and that's it. And You're it would never have gone. Right. And it would until, never gone any further until he kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. No, what but what I'm saying, saying is, it's if it's it's either a high tackle, it's a great, it's either a grade two careless high tackle, or it's not. The whole thing with carryover points and everything is to punish people that are repeat offenders. Putting people on report because they've done stuff in the past isn't is got nothing to do with carryover points, and that means and you're basically putting people on report because of stuff they've done in the past. Not be, you're not addressing the fucking tackle that they just made. You're just doing it because it's like oh Matai did that had to be bad. I'm putting it on report. I was Matai, and you go oh, oh no it was T Rex. He's oh, you know he hasn't done a lot. He's fine. It's foreign. He's never done anything. Penalty sufficient. Would, would so, this be news if it wasn't manly related? If if. God, any any other coach came out. Same thing. So if if like if Ennis had a done, if Ennis had a done it, probably a report. But it wouldn't be. Probably, but if Barber had a done it, penalty sufficient. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. It's like it's actually they're not judging the tackle on the severity of the tackle before they put it on report. They're judging it on who actually did it. And there's other play- there, there are other players. Well, you're saying like Bentio, same thing. He shouldn't be judged. I mean, if he does two shoulder charges, and you know, but he should be because he's no, no. If, he, but if, if it's he's if it's a head high, if it's a head high tackle, there's like you know, then he should be. Ju- they go, okay, that's a you know, what if he did one that was severe and one that was minor? They can't just go, oh, you know, Bentio did that one, so it's a severe. I'm grading it as a severe one. That's it what he's. That's what his carryover points are for. They're the, they're to further punish him for repeat offences. You can't say like you know, like you just click the guy and then. No system's going to be perfect. Absolutely no system. Every system's going to be a little bit subjective. And the, I think the problem you have with this is that it's, it's Steve Matter as a repeat offender I've got, in the I've got, I've got further. I've got further. What about Minicello? Jumped up in the air and swung the coat hanger Dugan. Missed. So, 10 seconds later, jumped up and did it again and clocked him fair in the face. He's got a clean record. Doesn't matter if you jump up. I'm a fucking coat hanger, a guy. Okay, he did have two cracks at his head, but I think well, also when you watch thing, it, it back in replay, he's not swinging his elbow into his face. He's jumping up there trying to get it, and the elbow makes contact. There's no intent to damage his face. That's why they've got careless and things like that in the language. system's perfect. I think that <laughs> fine system that Tuvi's suggesting is ridiculous because what if you're a player that's getting paid more money? Of course, you're going to cop fines, and you can you, you know you can go in there with a bit more niggle. And Dale Copley on the wing. Like, I just think... I think the money system's, I think, crazy. I think Tuvi is an angry, angry man. He's a lovely fellow. I love Tuvi. He's, he's a legend. Uh, 
a rugby league legend to start to begin with, but you know, also a manly legend. You know, it's kind of the lesser of his legends. I mean, rugby league in general is probably you know his biggest legendary uh, thing. But uh, going to my happy place. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. It's absolutely bullshit, and um, Matai should not have uh, not have been suspended at all because uh, he's an Aussie battler from New Zealand. I who, disagree. <laughs> he's an Aussie battler from New Zealand, just trying to make his way in a, in a cold, hard world. And the man's trying to keep him down. I think I'm, I'm sick of the Matthaiism in, in the NRL. And, um, and, I, and I think that they're persecuting and they're trying to ru- run him out of the game. And it's just not fair for the second best center in the world after Jamie Lyon to have to deal with that kind of abuse. And I just wonder if Julia Gillard or Barry O'Farrell might want to step in and well, perhaps create laws about the NRL persecuting the brother well, I think cutting my nipples off and, and feeding them to your cat would be more enjoyable than talking about these trumped up charges. Exactly. Trumped oh, no, up no, charges. No, exactly. No, trumped up no, no, charges no, 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 against no. the judiciary. Thank I'm, you. I'm editing this part out. You, 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 you basically just agree with me. We'll end it there. Craziness. <laughs> Next story. The Storm issues a please explain. Oh, sorry. The NRL issues the Storm a please explain over Ryan Hoffman. Now, I don't know if you saw in the game between the Storm and the Rabbits, but Ryan Hoffman got clocked. He appeared to be like heavily concussed and he was kind of stumbling around. As it turns out, he wasn't exactly stumbling. He had uh, tripped over the high performance manager of the Rabbitohs, Troy Thompson, um, who was in back play as well on the field. Uh, Thompson confirmed the NRL officials that he'd come into contact with Hoffman while on the field and said he had a bruise on the leg from their coll- from the collision between the two. And um, this has basically got the storm out of the ship because the NRL had issued them with a, uh, uh, a please explain on why Hoffman, who appeared to be badly concussed, was allowed to continue on in what turned out to be a man of the match performance I think um, and they said uh, Nathan McGurk from the, the operations uh, general manager for uh, NRL said we've got a full report from the storm today and we've got some additional video evidence as well and it's quite clear from the high angle that the reason Ryan trips and falls to the ground is from a slight collision with the head trainer from South which was purely accidental I don't think Craig was aware of it he said it was scary and it is on initial viewing of the channel 9 footage but after looking at the vi- additional video evidence it's clear that he tripped while Hoffman was clearly dazed after hitting his head on South Sydney forward Dave Taylor hit while attempting to make a tackle. McGurk said the Storm had followed the correct procedures for assessing whether a player was concussed. Bellamy said it had taken the Melbourne trainer about 90 seconds before he could assess Hoffman as the Storm second row was heavily involved in play, but the club yesterday provided the NRL with a list of questions and answers he had provided on the field. So... They're out of the shit, but we've talked. I mean, um, he was concussed. Yeah, like, not, not, with, now, not with you, not with, not not in the time that you've been on the show. I don't think we've um, we've brought this up, but there have been situations where players have been apparently concussed one week, and um, you know, with the guidelines saying that you know they shouldn't back up the next week, uh, yet they I'm do. Not quite so. Sure, what exactly? I guess I should look into exactly what those guidelines are. Yeah, they were, they were introduced this season, and basically, um, players who must be who might be concussed must answer a series of questions known as the Maddox questions. And if they fail to give the right answers, they're taken from the field to be assessed by the club doctor. Um, and so that's what this one was about because Hoffman wasn't taken from the field, so they needed to check that out. But then there was also talk that uh, you know a player that had been concussed and diagnosed concussed couldn't play the next week. But I think it was only club doctors assessing that. So, you know, if it's your superstar player, yeah. then, you know, it's not in your interest to well, look, say the rules, concussed. The rules state that a player suffers a head knock uh, for, forbidden from returning to the field during the game. But like you said, it's the um, it's the trainer that makes that initial call. I don't know what these questions are. Yep. Maybe something along the lines of, are you concussed? And then Ryan Hoffman goes, what? Are you concussed? What? Are you concussed? Mom, are you concussed? What? No, I'm okay. Sweet. Because I remember they used to ask those. I remember they used to ask those questions like, you know, 
well, you know, what day is it today? You know, who who you're playing? You know, that, that sort I'm of thing. a footballer. How do like, I where, where are where are we? Because I've seen some ones, yeah, ones where like you know, like where Blocker back in the day was smashed and. And uh, they were asking him, you know, and he's uh, and uh, you know thinking whether they were going to put him back on or whatever. And they said, you know, who are you playing? And it was like a grand final. It was not maybe not a grand final. It was like a semi. He's like, oh yeah, we're playing Canberra at you know Bruce Stadium. And he was like, you know, at the Sydney Football Stadium or something. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, yeah oh, in those I, cases, he was, I think there's definitely he was definitely concussed there. And I think it, it's tread- it was they were probably treading a fine line where it probably wasn't that heavy. I hope that he the questions though. I hope. I hope the questions um, aren't something like you know really confusing for a player like Hoffman. Like I, I hope they are, they don't say how many premierships have you won. That would because be hard. that would and be a confusing question for him. And um, how many boats do you have that are not on the books? Yeah, exactly. How how many Harvey Norman vouchers have you had? And and to what value? So, yeah, what did you buy with your Harvey Norman vouchers? <laughs> they just do that. They just concuss them and just get them to spill. It's like a truth, it's like a truth, <laughs> truth serum. <laughs> That'd work out. That'd be gold too. Um, next story. Carney is looking at months on the sidelines, although um, I did see later today that months on the sidelines, of course, given the Sharks' rel- relatively early exit, uh, it does mean he'll be back kind of for round one because, you know, we've got quite, you know, several months before the season begins again. Uh, but... Cronulla, they had uh, delayed scans on his injured Achilles, uh, but they fear he's torn his Achilles. Uh, he was carried from the field midway through the second half of Sunday's defeat uh, to Canberra in the elimination final, ended their season. He took the injury into the match after twisting his ankle awkwardly in the dying stages of their last round loss to North Queensland. Uh, he required a pain-killing injection prior to Sunday's match and again at half-time before the leg gave way as he attempted to step off his right foot. Uh, Sharks doctor Dave Givney said the initial diagnosis was a ruptured Achilles, which, if confirmed, would kick Carney off the trade paddock until the end of January uh, it looks like he may have a tear to his Achilles that's what we're thinking Givney said and um, yeah look uh, I read today that um, he actually had surgery did he I believe he had surgery today or maybe I've, I've had that confused um, with someone else but um, yeah I'm hearing he'll be back for the start of next year it's the risk you take when you're playing players injured and he's yep. the high because he's so high profile I guess it's, it's right up in your face if it was just some dodgy winger then we'll probably they sort of replaced him but yeah. it's a real risk you take especially with such a uh, you know such such a dodgy thing like you look at Justin Hodges and when his injury he did in the preseason it kept him out all year so yeah. depending on how his recovery goes it could be um, yeah it could be re- really bad for the Sharks Teams like the Bulldogs, I don't know if they still have it, but they have the no-needle policy unless it's a grand final. I don't know if that's still current at the club okay. there, but I think it's a great rule. I think I understand players want to play, yeah, but I think there's, you've got to protect their welfare at the same time. There's, a, there's an amount of bravery that you can have, and you know something like this could end a career. Maybe not in this case, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it as like just if, if if it were me, I wouldn't have it as a grand final only thing because they're they're, they're crucial times through the year, like um. You know, like Origin, Origin side, or like the last Cowboys. round, or like if you're um, if you're like a uh, like a Tigers, you know, maybe like round twenty six, because you don't want to finish ninth or tenth, you want to actually finish in the top eight. We all know yeah. where this is going in relation to Jamie Lyon, but we'll we'll touch. On oh, I wasn't later. no, I was I wasn't, wasn't going to bring it up at all. Oh no, of course he, not. He won't need a needle. Uh, he's tough as nails. Ass, he won't need a needle. He's tough as nails. He's, he's fine. Uh, in fact, one of the listeners of the show. Uh, Jason, he um, who we met after the grand final last year at Brookvale Oval uh, at the celebrations because he is a, a legendary Manly fan, but uh, he actually tweeted and got in the newspaper for his tweet uh, this morning that um, when he was dropping the kids off at school uh, yesterday, 
he saw Jamie Lyon doing the kids drop off as well and he said he was walking didn't have any strapping nothing he was walking fine no limping so you know he's, some injuries you have are things that happen when you move though yeah, but I mean, even in the coverage though, I mean, you remember it uh, wasn't was it at halftime or just after he went off when he was back in the change rooms? They were saying that um, George Rose had a similar injury uh, two days before he played played a game, and it's like it's it's something that doesn't really affect you. Like uh, it's not apparently like a high calf strain is not uh, is not detrimental, um, but a low calf strain is. So uh, he might be able to. Yeah, he'll be right. We'll tackle that. Like he's going to have any. He's not going. Yeah, he's not going to have any problems preview. anyway. He's, not, yeah, he's Brent Tate's on the other side. He's, he's all right. Nothing. Uh, Brent Tate's a fantastic footballer. Yeah, yeah I wish Matt I was there to take his chin off for him, just chisel it down a touch. <laughs> yeah, well, imagine you'll get 20 weeks. He'll tackle him around his knees. Tackle around his knees, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you know, Brent Tate will be in the dressing room crying again because, you know, thinks his career's over or something. <laughs> As Brent Tate's do. Um, <laughs> talk about way off track. <laughs> Suspension news. Of course, Steve Matai, test centre. Second best centre in the world after Jamie Lyon, Steve Matai, uh, has been ruled out of the sudden death final against the Cowboys. He was charged with the grade two careless tackle for his hit on Sam Perrett. Um, took an early plea, so he only is going to miss the one game. So he'll be back for the next game against the Storm in uh, in Melbourne, uh, which is a far more crucial clash, I think. Uh, Jason King, he was on report. He was charged with a grade one uh, careless high tackle. Uh, pleaded guilty, uh, relatively clean record, so it will not be suspended. And... Um, Siosi Vave and Kevin Proctor from Melbourne, they were very, very lucky to get away with an early plea on a spear tackle on Sam Burgess that I thought looked pretty fucking bad, actually. Um, but they're actually going to get away with it. They they do have 93 carryover points, though. So, I mean, they only have to sneeze on somebody uh, to pick up a week's suspension at the very, very wrong time of the year to do it. They are very lucky to get off on that. That was, was very damning footage. Yeah. But then again, you look at the uh, the week before, and um, I can't remember who it was in the Titans where they, they dumped. It was, I think it was Greg Bird picked up Cherry Evans and just dumped him straight on his head. Yeah. Didn't even get a penalty or nothing. So once again, referees in decline. Uh, anything on the promises? Thirteen. Yes. Sorry, we didn't mention that. Go. I can go through that. So we got Darius Boyd, the Uati Party. We have Idris. Uati Party is always a, he's a mainstay in, in the Prime Minister's thirteen. I think isn't they he? love him over there. Yeah. Well, they love anything rugby league over yeah. there. Yeah. Um, Michael Jennings, Lachlan Coote, Scott Prince as captain, Aaron Woods, Andrew McCulloch, Ben Hannant, Matt Gillette, Matteo and Parker. On the bench, we have Wallace, Tim Manor, Josh Maguire, Ben Teo and 18th man, William Zillman. Peter Wallace. Peter. On the bench. Peter, I tackle like an absolute machine and play my heart out. Braveheart style, Peter Wallace. I thought he was like Peter lack total creativity in offense and I tackle like like Matai if Matai was a dirty player I thought you were going to say like <laughs> lactose like Peter lactose intolerant Wallace, Wallace. I don't know why what does that mean? he can't drink milk he, he can't, he dr- he can't drink milk and that's got all the that's got all the the creative enzymes in it that make you do more than just fucking boot it out to the wing on the fifth no, tackle no because if you drink milk you'd be a cat and you'd be Ben Cray that's true yeah, look at me just Killing it with the parallels and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah look, look, that's a good team. There's, there's, there's that's a, a shit team. That's a good too many, team. Too many Broncos. Oh, yeah, too many, too, too many Penrith players. So where they, so where they selected Coot? Is Coot in the halves? Sounded like he was down the. Yes, down. he is. So yep, he's five he's eight. Five eight. So he was a halfback, the first halfback in there. Scott Prince playing as captain. See, Scott Prince. I mean, you know, without Caesar, he's nothing. Oh, Lachlan Coot. Surely, is there no other five eight out there at the moment? 
Not that not that has has hasn't been eliminated from the the finals, I suppose. Yeah, that's well, you true. wouldn't put Corey Norman in there because you know once again Corey, you know, pass it, Corey. Yeah. Um, who else would be fight? Well, Penrith. That's, that's lucky. Could he sort of came into his own a little bit towards the end of the season as five eight for the Panthers? Um, you know, Eels got nothing. In fact, they got one of the worst players in the all time in their five eight. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to think of going down the list, but I'm, yeah, I'm sort of struggling. See Caesar. I, I thought I thought Caesar did very oh, well. Yeah. He did very well with um with Prince. Um, has lot has Coot had a as a rep jumper? Oh, he's got he's yeah he has hasn't he? I think he might have, and I think it's probably why because yeah, he might have been maybe. there before. But you yeah. think you'd use this opportunity? I mean, the sides, the sides are as good as you, you know, it's, it's as good as you could assemble, you know, using the outcasts, the teams that couldn't get into the final, you know, do anything in the finals. That's true. It's about as good as it gets, I suppose. I mean, they were picking from a very reduced pool of, of players, a very shallow pool. But um, yeah, they've got some decent players. I mean, they got some test, you know, test players in there. Did, did, did you say that Hannon was in there? Yeah, Hannon's in there. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of Broncos in that forward pack. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, Idris, how? I mean, that's not a proper rep side, but I mean, still, how? They're getting him as far away from the pies as humanly possible. That's the yeah. only thing I can think of, and I think it's it's a legitimate, hurried, rush phone call, a few envelopes full of money, and get him over there. Is that what we want our Prime Minister's 13 to become, though? Like an intervention? Or like a halfway house? <laughs> Maybe this is like everyone here has some sort of pokey-related problem. Well, Jennings had the two-up thing and drinking playing two-up thing. So maybe they just like, don't let these guys go on Mad Monday no matter what. Maybe that's the list. And Hannon's there because he wouldn't anyway. I mean, he'd just go and pop a few more kids out. Like, keep them yeah. away from his wife. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, being a Mormon, he wouldn't you know, he wouldn't even drink a cup of coffee or you know, he's not going to be on Mad Monday. Well, that's, can you imagine? That's he, all you can do is make He'd have the least enjoyable Mad Monday ever. Imagine all the dudes just getting loose at the you know, Alhambra Bar, you know, triple teaming on chicks and stuff, and then Hannah's just there with his magic undies on. Yeah, oh, what a well, what with his kids? I don't know. I don't know. He, I just see him with his kids all the time, bleeding. That's all Ben Hannah does is bleed. That's one thing that my missus knows Ben Hannah for is because every time he plays, he bleeds. See, I've he, never, I've never made that. I've never drawn that. Apparel. He's just the bleeder. He's just one of those guys. Yeah. Just his body shape. I just think he just. He just bleeds from something all the time. Puts he, in though. He's carrying too much blood. Carrying too much blood. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's got to lose some, but he doesn't want to lose too much because he can't get any afterwards. They can't give him blood. Isn't that the thing? Oh, is that Mormons? I don't know. I know like Jehovah's and stuff don't take transfusions. Oh, yeah, I'm just getting my, my, my shit confused. You might be getting your religions confused. Probably. I'm sure someone of these religions who listens to us is going to... um Tweet me. Stop listening for starters, but then tweet you. <laughs> yeah. Tweet me. Hate tweet me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jesus hates me. You need some hate. Recaps. Okay, first game, Friday night football. Definitely, actually, I would say it would be the match of the finals in a, in a weekend where they were fairly lopsided otherwise. But the Canterbury Bulldogs, 16, defeated the People's Champs, the Mighty Manly Seagulls, 10, in front of a crowd of 36,420. And people were loving to shit on the crowd and go, wow, that's not a very big crowd. Well, guess what, fuckos? It was bigger than any other crowd on the weekend. So put that in your fucking pipe and smoke it. Now, Canterbury, their tries came to Chris Keating, Ben Barber, and Jonathan Wright. Uh, conversions. 
Nodos, Kristen Inu, two of three. Manly, their 10 points came from tries to Brett Stewart and Jorge Tafua, the Mexican sensation. And uh, Cherry was one of two on the conversions. He, of course, had to take over the duties after Manly lost Jamie Lyon fairly early in the piece. That was a great physical encounter. Uh, it, it did lack the execution, but I think both teams went in just completely pumped for the game. They ripped into each other. Um, it, I guess it was more about getting into each other than, than ball plays. There's a lot of yeah. really unforced errors. Like it, poor, it, and, like, and, and forward passes from the, the dogs. And just like, I, I was hoping that that was going to be something they'd start to crack down on and see it in the Storm game, but we didn't. But like they got pinged for probably well, at least three forward passes from dummy half. And for every one they got caught, there was probably another two that went through. Yeah, they did try and play a, a bit flat at times. And look, Morris, wow. He, he took two, or that first gap he took against Ware, Ware was just not there. And he, he turned that into something. That was fantastic play. He's It was it was there, though. I mean, like Ware was standing behind Jamie Lyon he, instead of on his he, wing. He showed him the sideline, and not, not only did he take it, he embarrassed him and danced on a dime and got around him and made him look very average. Both of his efforts, setting that first try and um, Barber's try up, were just fantastic efforts just from a real speedster and both teams scored great length of the field tries like it was yep. it was highlight real stuff the yep. stuff you see at the beginning of each season it's fantastic rugby league to watch pity the execution wasn't there at times um, but a really really good game of football I enjoyed it out of all the games of the weekend I did enjoy it the most it was it was, it was the, 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 the uh, it's not, it wasn't the best quality it probably, yeah, maybe it was the best quality game it was definitely it was, it was the closest game on the scoreboard it was certainly the, most, the closest uh, fort game as well with only six points in it and you know there was a time when Matai was brought down like you know about a centimetre short of the line and there was another time where uh, Tafua made a length of the field bust and was dragged down about nine metres out as well so um, and that one there I mean he's a big kid old Jorge and I just think, you know, maybe instead of worrying about Barber and just trying to get away from him, just fucking pin the ears back and just steamroll him. I mean, because he is a massive winger and, he, you know, he has, you know, the same sort of, you know, I guess like, I won't say Manu because, I mean, he doesn't have hands like feet. But, um, you know, he has the ability to steamroll through people, especially because, um, that, you know, that bust actually came through the centre of the field working the ball out of their own end. So um, I was massively impressed with him. I can't remember his stats off the top of my head, but it was something absolutely ridiculous in the in the realm of 245 metres gained, uh, something crazy like 14 tackle busts and three line breaks and yeah, fucking ridiculous. try. Like just unbelievable statistics from a young winger. So I loved him. And uh, he really showed the way for possibly the most laziest fucking prick ever to grace a football field, Tony Williams. I've been saying it for like probably the last eight weeks, probably ever since uh, Origin. You know, he, he kind of looked good uh, in Origin initially, and he looked good for us for a couple of games, but he is definitely the T-Rex of 2010 and earlier era, and certainly not the T-Rex of uh, late last year where he actually was useful. Tired of that fucking guy. Like, just, I don't even want to get started on him, but fucking hell, taking the ball flat-footed, and then running up to the line, like loping up to the line, like, so not running, because I mean, running would imply he did it with some urgency or fucking doesn't speed. doesn't he hit that ball at speed. Lopes, he doesn't need to yeah, hit it at speed. The time he hit the ball at speed, what did he do? Trampled over three guys and made a massive bust and ultimately put Brett Stewart in for a try. Um, and then the other times, you know, there was, were like, you know, between five and ten metres out of the line, we had a chance to score three tries in the first five minutes of the game, and he fucking dropped the ball, uh, you know, through ignorant shit, like trying to fend people off with the arm holding the ball. I mean, come on, man. He's come out in the papers today and said that, you know, the criticism hurts and he's going to, you know, pick it up. 
but to that I say bullshit believe it when I see it T-Rex yeah look, he didn't have the, the best game I think those, those three knock-ons were absolutely crucial he did set up that try for Brett Stewart which is fantastic they it credited him with me- that other try too they credited him with the one that uh, that uh, Tofu got but I mean catching and passing in a sequence going from right to left doesn't mean you set up a fucking try you just did try your job assist, hey? yeah. it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't the last it wasn't the last pass it wasn't even a try assist. it was Matai yeah Think, he didn't have yeah. the best game. He he seemed to fade l- later on, especially after he high percent extended his knee. Yep. I don't know. It just seems like that sort of stuff can get to him. If he can come out and play well early on, he seems to have a good game. But any sort of niggling injury, if he picks something up or if he gets the dropsies, that's him done. Yeah, I can't. I, I honestly can't remember the last good game he had. It, Certainly look, it might even be Origin. It wasn't this year. And, um, and I, around. I don't think he did anything in Origin of, of note. No, he was um, hard to put down in Origin. He was yeah, trouble. I think he was dis- disappointing. In the grand final, he didn't do anything. He had a game much like last night, actually. Last night, Friday night. Um, probably in one of the semis, he must have He must have had a good... I'm, I'm assuming he had a good game then, but, you know, who fucking knows with him, really, honestly. Um, um, Chris Keating, can we sp- quickly speak about how my comments last week are completely vindicated to how he- fantastic he is? And, he, he did one thing. Reynolds it's, the first, it's, the first, it's the first and only thing he's done in his entire career. It's because he just needed some positive reinforcement. He's obviously listened to uh, this, <laughs> this week in league and gone, if, thank you, someone if, believes if, in me. If he listened to this show regularly, he would have killed himself a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Reynolds had a quiet game and it just shows that, that Keating stepped up there. And oh, Reynolds was fairly solid, I thought. Oh, yeah, but I guess we're just used to him Yeah, you know, finishing well some things off. But yeah, good on Chris Keating. High five, buddy. And i just like to lightly touch on Jamie Bureau, how... Obviously, he's not a centre, but how is he a footballer? What do you mean? I just don't like him. Why don't you like Jamie Bureau? Well, starters, he's a, he's a forward. And, you know, more like an interchange Obviously, hooker. he did... He, yeah, he's, but that's the thing. He, he doesn't have his home. Yes, he's a utility, but I just feel like... He certainly every- does have his... I mean, if you had to watch the... You know, last week... You've seen he has his home when he comes on. When he comes on and uh, gives Matt Ballin a breather and uh, does his stuff from dummy half, he's sensational. I just don't rate him. I don't, I don't know why. I, I just sent, don't know why he got his origin call up. He's, he's, yeah, I don't know why he got the origin call up either. Because, and it wasn't because of the fact that he got called up, but the fact that he wasn't used anyway when he was there. It's just kind of like those wasted replacement because if you're not going to use him, it's kind of like a, it was. It was reminiscent of what Hazel was doing, easing him into the game last year, where you know he was on the bench for his first game and didn't get on the field at all, and then he was getting five minutes, and then he started getting more time and you know going great guns. But um, I just, I, I, I just, just sometimes you just don't like people. Yeah, that's a weird one to take a dislike to, seriously. I, just, I don't know. He's a nice guy, good player. I don't like He's crunchy like, peanut butter. I put him in the same category. You don't like I crunchy don't peanut butter? I'm a smooth man. Fuck, we're going, down a, we're going down a rabbit hole here now. Yeah, I just this is some things I don't like, and he's he's one of them, along with crunchy peanut butter. I don't know what else I've got in that category. Manly. <laughs> Manly, I really, really dislike. Oh, well, you know, that's because, you know, you were raised that way, like like all the other sheep. Hey, we a first Broncos game ever. We we put you guys in your place. Yeah, I was at that game. Will enemy. I definitely wasn't. I think I was still in the womb. Yeah, I was. I was at that game, and I, I was actually at every single Broncos game in their first season. Nice. Well, QRL school. How did it go wrong? QRL schoolboy pass. You play rugby league. You got into games for free. You used to sit up on the. I was in the Frank Burke stand, which was the. I don't know if you remember the Frank Burke stand, but it was a rickety one with wooden seats with splinters and everything. It was one that got torn down nice. and, and replaced before they did the Suncorp thing. And um and then after that, it was back in the days when Lang Park was Lang Park, and they had the grassy, uh, they had the concrete steps and then the grass on on either end. So you could just go there, take a blanket, chill out on the grass, watch the game of footy, kick a footy around on the grass with you know with other kids and stuff. It was fucking awesome. 
Those Should days. Been a Broncos fan. I don't know how it's gone so horribly wrong. Because I was a Manly fan for like at least five years before that. Yeah, but surely you're allowed to change. I, I know, yeah, I know no, friends no, have changed over the years, and when you're that young, you're allowed to. I considered it. I did consider it. I thought, well, there's a team in Brisbane, blah, blah, blah. I'll see how it goes. And even though they won that first game, I'm sitting there that game, and I'm like, oh. I didn't say fuck these cunts, but that's what I, you know, like, that's what I would have thought if I was <laughs> like that old. But that, that's what I thought. Like, you know, yeah, they're winning, but, you know, they're winning this game, but... That's that you know. It's I'm not I'm not being moved at all. I just I can't support these guys, and so I didn't. The end, and that's a story of why I've enjoyed delicious premierships in the last five years. Six premierships <laughs> in twenty years, and you have enjoyed it's pretty good. You have enjoyed good. anything since two thousand and six. <laughs> hey, hey, we're building, which is like half a lifetime ago for you. It's not half a half a lifetime. <laughs> I'm twelve. Yes, and I'm sure everyone's listening understands. Yeah. Well, I may, I may look like I'm 12 down there, but I shave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Twitter, I mean, it's probably, there's probably much more to say about that game, but I just, I've lost my train of thought about it completely. <laughs> um, the Mango X, uh, I hope Vara gives himself an uppercut, a blooper of a winger. <laughs> hash, go Manly, hash, bring the noise. Yeah, that's actually Manly fan who said that. Um, Flash, 1480. Is anything more confusing than Darren Lockyer giving sideline comments? Is he talking footy or promoting cigarette plane packaging? Agree. And Lockyer's getting a lot. He's getting a lot of work now on the old Channel Nine thing, and I just don't. And the funny thing is when he goes up to players after games and it costs them, and he just and you know it's at the end of a game, so he's already been talking for you know spells over the previous eighty minutes, ninety minutes, and so he comes up to the player and goes, rah, 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 rah. and the player's like. What? Uh, <laughs> they, 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 they go through this thought press. They go, one, does he have a check in his hand? No, I'm not man of the match, right? So two, he's probably asked me, um, you know, uh, how, how the game went. So I'll just bust out a cliche. And, you know, taking it one day at a time. You know, the boys all dug in. Yeah. Game of two halves. It was a game, it was a game of two halves. And then Loggy goes, and he goes, okay, thank you. He stood his hand out. I think it's. Uh, I think we're finished. Yeah, and he goes. We're the, done. Yeah, and he goes to the next guy. And he goes. Oh, he's got a check in his hand. I must be the man of the match. I'll thank KFC or whoever the fuck. <laughs> what's he's on really, my hat? Yeah, what's on my hat? <laughs> I think Darren. He um, he didn't. He chose not to get the voice box fixed. So obviously, and I don't know um, why because I, I always think heard recognizable. So I think. Like Tommy Rodonigas, people people hear it, people recognise it now, and he maybe we forget. Maybe he's got a really girly voice. Maybe he's got a voice like me. It should like be discomfort. But you think it sounds it sounds uncomfortable? Like it actually be like discomfort. Like you got a sore, you know, you have to talk too much, or you know, you've been yelling when you're on the piss or whatever. Like you got a sore throat. Like you know, it actually hurts. I mean, because I always heard the plan was, you know, he couldn't get it fixed while he was playing because if he got it hit again, it'd just go back again. So he waits till he's finished his playing days, then get it fixed, and then he's all good to go. I reckon Channel 9's just got in his ear and said, you know, it, it, it's how people know you. Yeah, that's a shitty way to be known. I mean, I would have thought, you know, his years of football Oh, yeah, but I mean, you know, you know when he's on yeah, the sideline, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, oh, there's Darren commentating. Yeah. And like you got Gaz in here just saying dumb shit. You know, Who they just got released the a book, by the way, an autobiography. I, I haven't touched it. I briefly saw something in the paper that someone reviewed it. I didn't even read it. Let me guess the title of it. I haven't heard of this book, so I'm just going to guess. It's called um, Spurting Source, the, mem- the the Fired Up Memoirs of a Sad Cunt. <laughs> Is that it? I think it's actually just a picture book, and it's one of those books that where if you flick the pages, you see a mouse going around one of those running things. Yep, yep. Just literally, like, that's all it is. Okay, cool. So, so it's actually, like, well, flip book's all right. That's entertaining-ish. Yeah, it's pink. 
Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Bimson Meister, showing his Englishness here and not knowing about the situation with home grounds, but we'll go anyway. He says, do you like rugby league? Do you support Manly? Get down to Brookie next week. You're likely to get a game. Hash injured, hash suspended. One one injured that's not injured and one suspended. <laughs> he's he's so, all over it. So, and it's not he's a brookie. Killing it. It's not a brookie. They don't even train a brookie. They try to have a you know institute out at Narrabeen. Come on, man, get with he's it. He's killing it. That's fantastic. GT three fifty one underscore Johns. That was intense. Cheap shots galore against us. <laughs> against us. But the Bulldogs hold firm. Matai, G Stewart, and Watmo piss poor cheap shots. Fucking get. Man, the manly players. I mean, you know, it's funny you talk about the cheap shots. But when um Jason King got pinged for that tackle on Tolman, um, the, the he got pseudo up. crusher tackle. Well, no, he, he coat hanged him. He and went then, to and crusher then he, he swung his arm into his face and then slammed his head on the ground. He didn't actually grab him or anything he like didn't. that. I saw the intent. There. And um, and but then when he got up and he's getting uh you know admonished by the referee and he's got he's got blood streaming down his face out of his nose. So I'm sure that just happened. From the altitude or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the Riff Man. I knew Manly were fucked once Lyon went off the field. I reckon they could have won had he been out there. And that's exactly right. I mean, there was probably... Well, they, they lost Ennis too, the Bulldogs. They both lost their captain for a period Yeah, but of I mean, he came... Ennis came back. For, you know, he was only gone for a period of time. He came back. He was back for the whole second half, pretty much. Yeah, but they still lost him for a period of time. And, and Manly... It was even. Manly had a chance there to have a crack. They did nothing. Yeah, but Jamie Lyon was off in the first twenty minutes, so he was had over sixty minutes off. Yeah, he's and, soft. He just and they placed, and they and they replaced him with someone that you know completely out of position because you know when you lose backs, you don't really have the ability to shuffle them around. It's the nature of football, unfortunately. There's going to be injuries. That's right. So you overcome them. Eddie NZ, the winner of Cowboys Broncos, will be liking their chances after that shit showing by Manly. <laughs> yeah, right. Well. Eddie NZ, uh, Rowan, I happen to know that you're a Broncos fan, so fucking enjoy Bali. Next game. <laughs> Sorry, man. I I want I want to stand up for you, but I'd, he's he's got a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A A Manly played in the closest game that, um, of of the first round, losing to the, the the number one seeded team in the closest game. Meanwhile, down the bottom, which we're going to get to your game, <laughs> down the bottom of the draw with the elimination finals, you guys played like a bunch of monkeys. Now, speaking of bunch of monkeys. Melbourne Storm, 24, defeated the South Sydney Bunch of Monkeys, 6. This one, a crowd of just under 20,000 down there at Amy in Melbourne, which is probably a ground record, really, because they never really get many people down there. Well, certainly, I mean, a ground record for for rugby league. I mean, they probably get bigger crowds than something else down there, but anyway. Um, Melbourne Storm, their 24 points came from tries to Ryan Hoffman, Billy Slater, Sissa Waka, and Mahe Fanua. Cameron Smith, three or four on the uh, conversions. He also grabbed himself a penalty goal. And South Sydney Rabbitohs, they had a try to Ed Pettiborn and a conversion to Adam Reynolds. Look, South looked good early for about 10 minutes. 10 seconds. But then after that, Melbourne, just absolutely clinical. We talked about it last week, how we weren't sure how South made it this far. I yep. still don't know how South made I, it this far. I, ne- I, I proudly say I've never rated them all season. I can't believe they got up to third. Although some statistics did come out through the week where they talked about teams in the top eight and how they fared against other teams in the top eight. And South did have, you know, like the Cowboys actually, the South and the Cowboys were highlighted as teams that basically beat up on the bottom eight teams yeah. and couldn't do it, get it done against the top four teams. Look, M- Melbourne, they just they were just literally clinical. There was no emotion in it. 
They just did their job. Where Souths were playing on a bit of emotion, it just wasn't happening for them. Trying to go the edges with their big men, trying to get 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 some space for Greg Inglis. None of it was happening. The defence was just on top of them, and they those big men were just instead of trying to break the line, were just chewing up the meters, getting tired, and. Melbourne, they were just chewing them up inside their own 20. So, and some soft the tries too. 20, like yeah, easy, just, easy just passing from left to right yeah. and, you know, getting two-man overlaps and just, you know, just well, that's sliding the thing, yeah, in Yeah, going in over the middle and then yeah. South would compress up and yeah. they'd go, all right, well, we'll just go to the edges. Yep, and easily, like, the defence of Rabos is horrible. Um, they were never in this game at any stage. Dave Taylor, what a fucking liability. We give a lot of shit to him as the fat touching and everything and he was at his absolute best, like, rattled giving away penalties, put his team under so much pressure. Um, didn't he give away, didn't he? Um, he I can't believe he all away and got March 10, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And that was like kind of at the end of a streak of uh, of really piss poor discipline by him anyway. And he was clearly getting frustrated by the whole situation. And, uh, you know, he probably, he didn't cost them the game. I don't think there was any chance that in hell they were ever winning that game the way it went. But uh, I they're think they were just never in it. They were yeah. literally, for, after 10 minutes where South looked, looked in for the game, but they just started getting frustrated. They were never in it. Crisp, amazing defence, clinical by Melbourne. Yep. Shut the gate. I just, I was watching it and just, I just couldn't see any change. And, and eventually, when it got to that point where they were so far down that it's mathematically possible, but the team knew they weren't going to win. There was yep. no way. You could just see it in South. They yeah. just, they grew frustrated. They knew they weren't going to do it, and I just. You could just feel their emotion through the TV, where Melbourne had no emotion. Yeah, clinical. And like, I'll give and, and I'll give Melbourne credit, but I think I think uh, partially anyway, their opposition did contribute a hell of a lot to uh, you know letting them roll along so well. They were never put under any real pressure, I don't think. Um, Storm though, you know, they did a good job to hold them out. Although, you know, once again, they weren't really tested that much. I remember one time where uh, someone was going to go over in the corner like Farrell or whatever, but they wrapped him up, you know, so they did show some commitment to getting, to, getting like a, to getting a nil score line, but uh, ultimately uh, Pettibourne got that try. What a great start to their final series in yeah. the sense that Best they, played they come months. through relatively unscathed. Mm-hmm. Um, they did lose someone with a head knock, didn't they? They got cut off at one stage. Yeah, other than Hoffman. Um the game was stopped for it. Yeah, I don't remember. Name, I can't remember. Yep. Uh, Matt King's obviously gone for South. Um, they'll be able to fill that hole. Melbourne, are just they'd be come away very happy with that. Yep. Very limited injuries, if anything at all, nothing. Yep. And um, South have got to regroup now and face off against a red-hot Canberra. We'll touch on that shortly. Yep, Twitter, Eddie NZ again. If we have a new final system in place, why is second playing seventh? And then uh, he tweeted immediately after that saying, wait, the bunnies came third? Yeah. Hash NRL in decline. Exactly. Bemson Meister. Instead of a premiership tattoo, maybe they could tattoo useless on Dave Taylor's head. South seemed to forget that every week. Then we got uh, Michael Darren 79. Remember when South were a premiership threat? Nah, neither do I. Yeah, never. Uh, what else have we got here? I think that's about it for that game, actually. It's people, very, uh... people weren't even... They were as, as equally inspired the tweet as, uh, you know... South were inspiring in the game. I did have some hope that South could, could rumble something up and it'd yeah. be entertaining, but Don't like I the sat media. through it. The media tells so fucking lies, to. man. The media, they try and make you think shit. One of those things they tried to make you think was that South are a proper team. That's bullshit. They never have been, and they're certainly not this season. Yeah, look, they're they, nothing. They just don't, they don't, they're not at that level. They're not at the Melbourne level. Like this but week, they did finish third. Like that's that's the thing. Like, how did they get those points? Did they steal these points? 
beat him up on beat up on teams that uh, weren't in the top four. You still you still got to win your even spread. I- yeah, but I mean, yeah, they they you know you be, they beat up on the Parramatta's, the Penrith, the West Tigers, you know, teams like that. Yeah, but other teams are winning those games as well, except for maybe Manly. But other teams, well, not are- all. The te- but see, not all the teams. No, not all the teams are. So, like South, basically won all their lower ranked games, or you know, won a lot of their lower ranked games, but they they couldn't beat you know, Manly, Melbourne Dogs, you know, teams like that, Cowboys. Perhaps we need a spreadsheet. Yeah, we do. Do a spreadsheet up for me <laughs> right now. <laughs> Usually fairly prepared. Hang on. <laughs> anyway, um, next game, near and dear to your heart, North Queensland Cowboys 33 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 16 in a second ass kicking of uh, Saturday's uh, terrible, terrible examples of football. Um, 21,307 in Dairy Farmers. Another crowd, you know, just, just over half of what the Manly game got. But, you know, didn't get anyone to that game, did they? Didn't they? It was a sellout. 21,307, I'm just saying. But wasn't that pretty much a sellout for them? Like, I'm sure Probably. if they could have held more, they would have held more. Well, maybe. We'll never know, will we? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's sheer mathematics. 21,000 is like 15 less than 36,000. But I'm sure you could Give extrapolate the fact that if they had a full stadium, <laughs> they would fill more than a stadium that was a third at capacity. You just, you'll never know, though. I mean, yeah, you can you can extrapolate all you like, but that's junk science. <laughs> all right, Cowboys thirty three came from tries to Roger Ramjet, Brent Tate, Matt Bowen, and a hat trick to Michael Morgan, like good wingers who play halfback do. Matty Bowen, he grabbed himself a field goal. Thurston was four of five on the conversions and two of two on penalty goals. Broncos, their sixteen points came from tries to Sexual Chocolate, Sam Thiday, Dale Copley, Corey Norman. And Peter Wallace was two of three on the conversions. It was an amazing uh, hat trick. An you know, amazing run of hat tricks. Um, Michael Morgan becomes the first halfback in league history to score one in the finals. Yep. Um, but look, this year, anyone could score a hat trick. You could have no this arms the, and legs and score a hat trick in exactly. the NRL this Especially year. Especially after Lottie, after Lottie got taken out of the game, uh, the hat tricks were flowing. You know, when he comes back next year, it'll just dry up again. Ash yes. Graham. It keeps building on a really impressive year. Setting up that first try with that flick pass, which is fantastic. You cannot stop that. That's just beautiful football. Yeah, I've got my issues with that, but go ahead. He was going out over the sidelines. He did what he, he needed would to do. Have he kept his foot up over the ground. He wasn't going... He could have scored that try himself. Oh, possibly. He, he could. He definitely would have. He wasn't going over the sideline that badly. He had like a metre and a half to work with. I mean, Still, he's a, he's a, a winger that's supposed play. to finish things. Yeah, I mean, and it kind of makes that hat trick very fortuitous when you think about the, some of the elements that went into it. Yeah, yeah. Look, that was it was fantastic by Graham. Freakish play off from the offset. Something like that. It's going to dent your confidence. Hoffman, who will catch ninety nine out of a hundred balls, drops one, and that's just what it is. You can't blame the player. Sometimes, or you can blame the player, but you can't you can, say that he's it. always at fault. <laughs> like you know, he's, he's usually safe as houses. And from there, it just went downhill. At no stage did I ever think the Broncos were going to win this game. And I sat through it with a relatively strange inner peace, I think, knowing that and knowing that I had the Cowboys 13-plus as well. But I was at no stage as I cheering for the Cowboys. I wanted our boys to come home. But we just never looked in it. Uh, Corey Norman did pick his options well. His week at the Pass the Fucking Ball Corey Norman Foundation's paid dividends, and he, he picked his moments to pass, picked his moments to run, um, his kicking game wasn't the best, but much improved. Uh, side-to-side attack was a lot better. We just seemed to be hitting it a little bit better. Actually, 
pressuring them in places. It wasn't just hit up, hit up, hit up, kick to the corner. Having said that, though, not in the same league. Just not in the same league. Where Hodges at fullback. Bet you wish you did that two months ago. No, Hoffman's our fullback. Hodges, Hodges did great in 2006, but I just think we were looking for something different, some sort of spark to get us into the game, and Hodges has been the only person doing that for us recently. But they look a young team. They had a great year. We were second for a long time. We just couldn't hold it through that origin period. Thanks, Petro, for the memories. Thanks, Tio. See you later to that other guy. What is, what's his name? Lockie Killer. Yeah. I just don't want to utter his name. I know his name. Jared Beale, the legend, the legend of the Broncos, who uh, who was punished for ending Lockie's career by getting sent down to the salt mines in St George. Yeah, I've, um, I'll be putting his picture up next to Ashton Sims. Wow. Look, I just I think as Broncos fans, you've got a lot to look forward to next year. I, I wouldn't get too upset about this game. I think if you were realistic, you'd know that we probably weren't um, the biggest chance in the world. But there's there's a strong team there moving forward. A rubbish team going out the back door of the finals is what I saw. <laughs> At the hands wow. of a, a Cowboys side that had, certainly can conjure up some attacking brilliance, but defensively, they got a lot of holes in their game. And um, the Broncos exposed it. But the second they actually, you know, lifted the tempo a little bit and, you know, felt they had to get in, they actually got themselves back into this game. I mean, it was 26-16 uh, at a period there with probably about 15 minutes or close to 15 minutes to go. I mean, I thought that the Broncos might have been able to roll on and I was actually hoping for it too because I would love to be facing the Broncos this week. But um, wasn't to be in the end. And then they ended up letting in a real soft try as well to, you know, to kill themselves off finally. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't anything really... Yeah, you know, impressive about it. Um, Bowen's two so, hundred too, I think. He had a great game. Yep, yep, he's always having a great game. But I mean, you know, if you kind of give him the ball, you know, you get what you get too. Yeah, and broken plate. Brent find Tate, the grass, uh, kick it dead. Find the line. Yeah, he look. He 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 was always going to be. He was going always going to be up for this game. And when he linked up with Brent Tate, Brent Tate runs like a man that actually has two knees. Yep. Instead of three replacement ones. Yep. They're they're a good team, the Cowboys. Um, they're definitely going to trouble Manly next week, especially considering they're pretty much fully fit, with the exception of Aaron Payne. Um, but Sigiara, they don't lose anything with Sigiara, even for eighty minutes. I don't think. I dare say it's an upgrade. Yeah, you're probably not. You're probably not wrong. <laughs> okay, what have we got here? Uh, Cambo ninety six. Corey Norman has so much ability. Unfortunately for the Broncos, none of it's in rugby league. Well, Burn. he could. I don't know what else he'd be. Jacoby Nelson, Justin Hodges has gone back to fullback just to prove to the world he can be a grubby cunt in any position. He's he's lost the grub. He's lost. The, <laughs> he he's has no longer not. He doesn't. I'm pretty sure at halftime I saw him kissing babies. That doesn't matter. That doesn't make him not a grub. I mean, I'm sure if he saw Brett Morris on the ground nursing a an ankle injury, I'm sure he'd still you know get on the top rope and do a fucking superfly snooker onto him. Are you talking about the centre that pretty sure has the record for most meters gained in a game ever? Wow, that totally makes him not a grub. I'm sorry, you're staying corrected. I'm just, I'm just, like, anyone that's that brilliant can't be a grub. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's face it, that brilliant. I mean, that, he plays, you, you're he plays applying twice the same logic to Matai. What do you mean? You apply that same logic to Matai. You say he's so good, thus he can't be bad. No, no I would never said that. Well, I'm just, I was saying that the, each tackle he does needs to be judged on the severity of the tackle. Like, you know, put someone like, you know... Brett Morris or something in the position, say, Brett Morris did that tackle, would it be a penalty or would you, you know, go for a suspension? And if you say the answer would be penalty, then, you know, then fine. I was saying the tackles me to me, you know, I wasn't saying say anything about, you know. I was going to make Because he, he, he wasn't a grub, he wasn't a grub in the first place. I was I mean, going to make some really put, 
awesome reference that was going to completely shut that down, but I'm not going to because you just because you know you're just going to dribble over the top of it with more manly dribble. How are you going to shut that down? I had this beautiful analogy about kids and and biscuits and blaming the person next to the cookie jar instead of someone else, but then I can't I can't go back there now. I've passed the moment, and it doesn't work anyway. It could have completely worked. It doesn't work at all. It would have been. It would have been like a a biscuit full of. I can't remember. I had it. I had it sorted. This is we the can't most go back to that moment. It's bullshit. Can't go ever. back. It was going to be a cookie jar full of like misdemeanors, and this guy had eaten it all. But you were going to blame him because he was sitting next to the cookie jar with the crumbles around it. But it wasn't really him. But you blamed him for the other fifty times he'd been eating the, out of the but, cookie but jar. But that's but that's totally not anything to do with what I was saying. You're trying to t- you, are you trying to say that I'm saying that um that that Matai is not to blame and someone else made the high tackle that he got suspended for. That's what your analogy no, that's would work not for. My analogy, I can't go back to it. So it's it's lost. It's lost in, you don't, the, you in don't, the depth you, of time because it was never Our there. Smart Twitter listeners, it was never there. They're going to understand where I'm coming from. The ones mainly not manly fans, so everyone. The Bronco fans will agree with you because they're just just like automatic like reflex, and everyone else will just say, "You fucking dribbling shit." Bemson Meister. At least the Broncos didn't let their standards drop in defeat. They've been this shit for weeks. Hash fail. Jono uh, NQC eighty one. Happy with the result. Now for a greater challenge against the reigning premiers. No less confident of success. Hash go cows go. Um, Eddie NZ, winner of Manly Cowboys, wins the grand final. I like how you're thinking. Cruzy 06, Morgan hat tricks like non-lotties do, LOL. Oh, we lolled. Um, R-Popsh, R-P-O-P-S-H. I've got a new nickname, Linnet Mr. 10 Meters. He makes 10 meters every time, hash buy of the year. Calm yeah. down, calm down, Charlie. He's been a pretty good buy for them, but yeah, buy of the year's a bit tough. Uh, through Westmail, all good things must come to an end. Farewell to Petro. Unlucky to be in such heartbreaking circumstances in the finals. He seemed pretty happy at the end. I don't I think it was heartbreaking. Yeah. It wasn't like they it was a field goal and golden point extra time or something like that. I mean, it was a game that they were never closer than ten points. You know, really. So I'm pretty sure that they flew straight out to Bali. Like, I think they didn't even book a flight home. I reckon they all had their bags packed. Yep. I think we all knew where this was ending. <laughs> and I think as Queenslanders, we'll be pulling our Cowboys jerseys on next week. Not that I have one. I've got to paint some horns on my bits. That'll be as close as possible as I'm going to get to buying a Cowboys jersey. Which is I'll... lucky because you could do actually horns because you have a forked penis. How did you know? Have you seen? Have <laughs> you, you seen? Show, you would, you've been drunk. <laughs> have you um, seen those videos? <laughs> Remember the documentary? We're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Next game. Canberra Raiders, 34, defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 16. Crowd down there at Canberra of 24,450. And my goodness, there were some brand new fucking jerseys. I thought I saw a lot of jerseys with the tags still hanging off them in that crowd. It was ridiculous, the uh, the bandwagons that these guys are getting on. Um, the points, Canberra's 34 points came from tries to Glenn Buttress. Blake Ferguson got a double. Shandor Earl got a double. Sam Williams and Josh Papali also with tries. Dugan, zero from three conversions. Croker, two of three. And uh, Blake Ferguson, zero of one. And uh, Joe Croker also got himself a penalty goal. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, their 16 points came through tries to Wade Graham, Nathan Stapleton, Ricky Liatelli, Carney, one of one on the conversions. Stapleton, one of two. A great crowd. Yep. That's my first note. It was great crowd. It was great to see them there. I feel sorry for the camera players having to play in front of five people 
in the freezing cold every week. But you're right. A lot of those are brand new Chris jerseys. Yeah. Brand spanking new. Um, look, a stat I heard going into the game was that they'd won eight of their past ten games, Canberra. And I had to yep. think about that. And I'm like, that's a lot of games. Yeah. At the late half, second half of the year. I just think... At the beginning half of the year, in their early season, formed to the point where they were like second last at one stage before they made that run. That that's just how I remember them. Yep. And they're sort of a bit in that South vein where I just don't understand how they're here. But if you're looking at that, they've had they've had some good victories in those, and now they're nine. Of their there's some good there's some good games, games in there. But I mean, you really have to take yourself back to the week when they happened as well, and put some extra context around there too. I think. That is true. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're lucky. Run. They're not. They're not. They weren't lucky wins, but I think they were very lucky to catch some teams at the times they caught them. Yeah, but sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. But I know exactly what you're saying. Like they weren't. All those wins weren't. It's kind of like what West Tigers dying out on, but you know, it didn't happen this year. <laughs> For old Glenn can't defend himself. <laughs> um, what if I got Shandor Earl two tries in three minutes? And he's got the, seven tries in 11 games. He's looking like a fucking genius at the moment because he came out weeks, you know, like after his second game with the with the Raiders and said that, um, you know, that they had an unbeatable game plan. And, uh, you know, they're certainly beatable, but they've, you can't deny they've been on a pretty decent run since he joined them. Uh, yeah, and once again, making Blake Ferguson look good. I'm just gonna, I want to shit on his face. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I want to put a stool on it. He needs to be trolled hard. He doesn't Everyone troll just, him. He's just an unpleasant human being. I'm going to yeah. put him up there next to Bura and Bura's not, peanut butter. Bura's not unpleasant. I'm going to, I, want to, I want to poo in the peanut butter on Bura and on Ferguson's faces. There's a list. I'm putting it up on Twitter. And then get them all the to vomit three. that up and put it on Justin Hodges, who's what? the true no repugnant human being in the NRL. Who would want to do that? It's Justin Hodges. <laughs> greatest human ever. Justin Hodges is so repugnant that Greg Bird would want to glass him in the face and blame his best friend for it. Wouldn't want to, wouldn't you? And then and then Paul Gallon and then Paul Gallon would come along and fucking prize open the stitches with his fingers. Now, how much did Paul Gallon get his whinge on during this game? <laughs> Rightly so, on one occasion. I mean, Papali, I thought it was excellent, and he's spoken about it afterwards. They haven't actually gone into the actual wording of what Ferner told him, but it was clear he was sent out there on a mission to try and take Gallon out of the game a bit, and he, he by and large, succeeded. Uh, but, there was, yeah, he sailed close to the wind a couple of times with some of those hits, and you, you heard Gallon say to the referee after the second one where he got hit in the back, he, sa- he literally said to the referee, like, I'm, gonna, I'm getting that guy back, and there's not a thing you can do about it. <laughs> Look, he got a penalty out of it, too. Yeah. Like... They just pressed their right buttons, Canberra. They came out there and they just did what they had to do. And, and the Sharks were in it for quite a while, but as soon as and Carney was never in it from the get go. Yeah, they were they were out of it for they were out of it for well, a lot of the game. Then they got themselves back into it uh, for a point. Well, the Sharks were up first. They scored they, the first. Yeah, two yeah, tries. but then they then they were behind a lot. Like what was it, sixteen six at half time, and then it got to the yeah. point where Cronulla were. Did they get it back to like eighteen sixteen or something like something around there? It was and close then, for a yeah, while. Yeah, they got it's it just back. Just that to... last half an hour where it yeah. just it just all went to pieces. Todd Carney really didn't have any impact on the game. No, obviously with the uh, man on the grassy knoll bringing him down, and they they were playing pretty well without him. Yeah, that's actually when he went down. That's when they scored their their try that got him back into the game. It was literally in that movement he had passed it, and uh, they literally scored off that play. So. Um, Jared Crocker had had a oh, sorry, great Clayton. game up until um, busted his his jaw up. That's going to be a huge loss for them. 
Yeah, look, Sam a Williams. A huge game defensively for them, but yeah, they missed some goal kicking. Sam Williams, Joel Thompson, they just all did their job, unassuming players. Yep. Just did what they had to do, rolled on. Jugan coming back from injury, had an okay game. Yeah, he's okay. Uh, except for that, that kicking. Obviously, they seem to be tr- looking for their kicker. I'm reading an article saying that obviously Blake Ferguson and Jugan can kick. Um, not that they did very well. Yeah. That that's going to be a big game. Yeah, in fact, as far as Croker's concerned, after he was gone, they didn't get another goal. Yeah, that's a huge confidence boosting yeah. game for them. I feel sorry for the Sharks. They had so much promise this year, and they did start to fade in that, in that yeah. later stages where they just didn't look like they were going to compete before they got there, like, like the Broncos. Yep. Yeah, Canberra. They they are they are darkies. Like very 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 long shots, but I think they're going to be the team that a lot of people are going to be cheering for, just as that sort of that miracle getting to the grand. I'm point. certainly cheering for them on that side of the draw. Yeah, that's the team. Out of the teams that are left on that side of the draw, that's the team that I want to get to the grand final. They're not making it through the dogs, though. Out of what's well, left, yeah, they're not. They're not making it through. The but dogs. they have beat. They did beat them two weeks ago. So. That was just the game. That's the loss they had to have. Yeah, but you know, we'll see. They, I mean, and I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm saying that's the team that I'll be going for because fuck Souths too. Um, now onto uh, Twitter, Michael Darren seventy nine, Ferguson find the camera selfie withdrawals. <laughs> Cambo 96. Wow, where are all those Derricks calling for Dave Ferner's head mid-season? Cruzy 06. The whole of Twitter will be treated by selfie palooza and self-loving from from Dodgerson. Yay for all. Well, hopefully there'll be a stool on it. It'll look a lot better with a stool on Maybe it. Maybe he's calling Doggerson. Well, you know, you've got to get your analogies right. He's just, just, just calling Ferguson. I mean, you've already slain him with the selfie thing. Cruzy. Get, sort your tweets out, <laughs> He's Mike. upset, man. He's upset. Sort your tweets out. Yeah, he was, he was drunk. It was his mad Sunday. Uh, GT351 underscore Johns. Bye-bye, Sharkies. Question. Can Carney get on a piss with a sore leg? Be on the lookout, Northies. Carney will cut loose. True. Nismo Raiders. Ferner aside, why do most call every Canberra Raiders win lucky? If your team's already had Mad Monday, you need to shut the fuck up. And I would agree with that. That's very true. There was, there was no luck involved in that second half. They were just a better team. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, they're in some decent form at the moment. I don't think they're they're they're, they're capable of the defence that wins grand finals. No. But they they're very sort of West Tigers ish in the sense that they can't defend, but um they can certainly throw in some uh, fantastic tries. But you know, I think that towards the end when they really blew them away, I think Cronulla certainly invited them to do so. And they certainly got, they were miles away from, the last two weeks the Sharks have been miles away from the defence that they based their season on. Yeah, look, it was it was a great win by Canberra yep. and they're going to they're gonna take carry that forward and probably win next week. Hopefully smash the house. Okay, previews for week two of the finals. The first semi-final, it is Friday night football, and it is the mighty Manly Sea Eagles taking on the North Queensland Cowboys at Allianz Stadium, Moore Park, a.k.a. Sydney Football Stadium, as it shall always be known. Referees, they didn't do too bad. They got Shane Hayne and Ben Cummins, so that's not too, that's not such a bad thing. Um, certainly, they didn't get uh, Michael Ennis's bum chum, Ashley Klein. Uh, who certainly uh, did his job for the doggies last week. 
And uh, did you hear Ennis like you know cozying up to him all through the game and everything like after Jason King uh, hit Tolman no. and uh, he gave the penalty went to give him a report and he goes up to him and he's just standing there going, "Oh, Ash, we knew that they were going to bring this kind of game, Ash." And it's like you know, I would have given a penalty right then. So, you know, <laughs> I'm the referee. You call me sir. That's it. You know, stop trying to get familiar. And Michael, what are you doing? Don't undo my pants, Michael. <laughs> look, I like, I do like reach arounds. I'm not going to lie, but not on the football field in front of the Channel Nine cameras in the Australian. Not in audience. front of the world. <laughs> not in front of the world. <laughs> look, under Shane Hayne, uh, Manly have won 31 from 45, and Cowboys have won nine from 32. So yeah. don't mind Shane Hayne. We can, Good yeah, light. obviously, because of those stats. Manly going in as. Um, well, Cowboys going at favourites at a dollar eighty three. Yeah, they, at they, two dollars. They started out. They started outside, but then a lot of a lot of uh, avalanche of money came in on them early. Um, so I would imagine that um, depending on Jamie Lyon news uh, later in the week, I would fancy uh, after Thursday. I think I think Tuvi said that uh, Jamie Lyon has to train uh, by Thursday, otherwise he won't include him. But that's what I'm he saying, only man. has to train though. He doesn't have to be one hundred percent. He just has to be able to train. And if you can train, you go, yeah, okay, get a fine. Get more in. days. Yeah. Well, so, I've got um, another stat for you. Since Jamie Lyon joined the club, only once has Manly won when both he and Steve Maddow were unavailable. And that was versus the Baby Broncos in 2007. So should the worst happen, you can pretty much put a line through them. Or they could be, you know, have their second... Second you know, without them. But I mean, Jamie like Lyon... you said to me when we were outside recording that like these stats happen for a reason. Yeah, also bring up the bring up the other stats, here, motherfucker. It's like the what is it in in uh, in Sydney? You know what Manly won? What is it? Eleven out of the last thirteen. The last time Cowboys beat him, I think, was uh, two thousand and five. Um, what else? I definitely don't have that stat here. But I think they beat him in two thousand and three and two thousand and five, and that's it. Um, Manly, uh, Manly's uh, when you take the average of points they score against every other club in the competition, they have the highest average scoring average uh, against the Cowboys of, of all their teams they play. Um, Manly like playing the Cowboys, and and you got to remember it was only about two or three weeks ago when we um, we beat them at home, and we weren't playing that great at the time. Final we series is, is a completely different monster. That's right, like, and the Cowboys choke in the finals. Manly has to address what is officially an issue now. It's officially a thing. Is the second half fate beforehand? You kept you kept giving reasons for it. Now you just have to accept the fact that it's a thing, and it's not only is it a thing here; it's a thing out there in the greater community. It's a, it is Ignorant. a thing. I'm shaking my head. People can't see what's going on. I'm shaking my head. You do realize that they lost Jamie Lyon 20 minutes into the game, right? It, so it's basically, one so it's one player, and, and the, key, yes, the key player from which everything on the right hand side happens. You can't, but you can't hinge a whole. You should have other players in your team that can step up and at least put in a solid second half of. But not a reserve second rower slash hooker no, so, in okay, center position. You've heard it here. So one player can cost your whole team their game. No, but it cost, no, but it, it, it did cripple their right side, which is a very successful aspect of their defence and it therefore sort of you know I don't think that Cherry Evans really responded that well and I think he didn't, they didn't really have a lot of confidence in Bura continuing the offence over there and Vare was playing a shithouse game as well so they kind of left him alone as well so what would happen is Cherry Evans would generally Glenn Stewart would come back on the inside and then they focused everything more down the left where uh, Tafur and Matai uh, you know were having a field day so um, you know so the second half thing that's a thing is not a thing Officially, unofficially. It's, 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 not it's not a, a thing. thing at all. It's a thing. 
Twitter not followers, a, let not him know that it's a thing. We know it's a thing. It's not a thing. As you'll see, as you'll see this week, it's not a thing. Yeah, New, North Queensland has scored 28 tries in the last five games. So there's an amazing attacking potency there, but it's not where the game's going to be won. They scored about 14 of them against the Broncos yeah. last week. <laughs> the game's going to be won on defence, and because Manly, Manly are going to be relentless. But uh, like I said last week, Cowboys yeah, um, don't have the defence. I'm telling you right now, the Broncos well, showed it up. The Broncos proved it. The Broncos put 16 oh, points on them. Guys, back in the game. Else. I think. I think even though we put okay, on the week before, the week before when they were playing for a possible top four spot, they still conceded like 24 points to the Sharks, who aren't an attacking side. They let points in. That's they what I'm saying. They can score tries. They will let points in. Manly do not let points that, in. Manly are going into this game underdone. They were bruised and battered, and they they will. They're not going to win this game. I'm sorry. Cowboys are going to win the game, they're but as a consolation, win. if Stewart can get over the line, he will overtake Bob Fulton for most tries ever scored for Manly in a finals match. You know so what? There's your consolation. Most in a finals match. In a final in a finals series, series I should say. In a final series, but he only scored one try this series. So you mean Bob Fulton scored one, and now he's going to get if he gets one, it's two, and that's a winner. No, most, Michael 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 Robinson scored a hat trick in the 2008 Grand Final. I probably got my stat wrong. <laughs> God, I'm You've got sorry, everything I was right. typing it quickly That's right. everything in between eating a tin of tuna and a banana. Everything you just said is wrong. I don't know, not everything. Everything about this game... I'm going to look it up in a second. Everything we'll, about everything we'll you said about this game is wrong. Manly going to win, and they're going to win pretty easily, like they always do. I'll, I'll never forget the delight I felt in 2007 when um, Manly smashed the Cowboys in the semi-final to get into the grand final, and, um, and JT was crying. Hilarity ensued. Uh, last they're not, year, they're not going to win the game. Last year in the first round of the finals, once again, Manly won, I think it was 42 to 8. JT, crying, hilarity ensued. And this time, everyone talks about how much they like uh, JT's laugh. I love his tears, and I'm going to see them again, and I'm going to giggle my motherfucking ass off. Um, Brett Stewart is poised to overtake immortal Bob Fulton for the most tries ever scored for Manly in finals matches. So They're it's all across each. all the matches. Yeah, okay. There you go. Sorry. There you go. I just worded that incorrectly. So there, now, now you pulled yourself out of that one. Um, now, looking at the sides, uh, 18th man, George Rose. So you can see that they're, uh, they're very confident that um, Jamie Lyon is going to play. The reason being is they don't have who I think they would probably have there because defensively he's a very good player, uh, Liam Forum. Liam Forum. I think that uh, he did the job at 5 8 early in the season when Kieran Foran was injured, people will remember. Did, yeah. But um, he'd be the guy that would be sort of 18th or 19th man if uh, Jamie Lyon was under any doubt. Vare has always done very well in the number three. He's definitely a centre and not a winger. And in fact, I, I remember his first game replacing Matai in number three. He scored, uh, scored a hat trick and he would have scored four tries, except he just dished one off uh, unselfishly for the winger, uh, who I think was Wangman at the time. Um, Otherwise, you know, fairly stable lineup uh, has been as it's been uh, as close to full strength as, as as they've been, you know, all season. I think they've only been full strength in maybe one game all year, and um, this is you know really it's only the loss of Matai that uh, they're suffering on this occasion. Uh, Oldfield comes back in on the wing outside of line, and uh, I think Vare is a better player than Oldfield, but I think that Oldfield has a better understanding with Jamie Lyon. He's um, it's not like on a Wolfman level. Of understanding, but they've done some good things. Uh, they've done some good things on the field, and Vare doesn't seem to have that same kind of, um, I guess you know, chemistry uh, on the field. So hopefully, Oldie will uh, you know keep the season going, and uh, before he goes to you know die over at the Roosters next year. There's a few people out of that back line. I just I just don't see it happening. I'm just like no, I got one, per- we got one person out. And we're just shuffling around. It's, all good. it's not one. Because you're a Wolf man who's is. 
Yeah, but Wolfman's only there. Been, he's only been there half the year anyway. If that, maybe six games all season. So let's they've been without him and used to not having him for a very long time. I mean, it's not like he just got injured last week and they're like, oh, I'm a fucking guy. What are we going to do? Bring in a fresh body. Oldfield's played outside line heaps. What about um, North Queensland's team? I think it's just Aaron Payne and doubt. Otherwise, it's... Yeah, Aaron Payne's a very, very important player to the Cowboys. He's a very important player and it'd be great to have him there, but I don't think they'd lose anything, any attacking potency through Segiara. No, I think, no, but I think defensive, I think defensively they miss, they miss out a bit. And, um, and as often as games go on, that's when the Cowboys let in points. And so if Manly can hang in there until, uh, until late, I think they'll be able to throw the, uh, throw the points on and put them away, um, you know, probably 13 plus. Um, there's obviously some injury worries there with the Cowboys. They say Payne is the only one, but, they're taking a massive side down there and uh, they've got Anthony Mitchell who I assume would go onto the bench and Sigara to start or maybe you know vice yes, versa. No, yeah, He's yeah. there but then they've got then they've got Joel Reithmuller as well uh, in there. So who's he supposed to be covering? I wonder. I'm but sure. in any case as I said uh, Manly are going to win this easy roll on to Melbourne. What about easy a, um, Melbourne. Yeah, what about uh, give us a score. What are you thinking? Score. Well, I don't think the Cowboys will get more than um, probably between 10 and 16 points, and uh, Manly will get more than that, probably in the vicinity of 26. I'd say they'll miss a couple of goals. Five tries, two missed goals. Because Jamie Lyon, um, no matter what happens, he's not going to be kicking with a calf strain. So uh, so Cherry will be kicking him, and I, he's not, you know, he's just out of practice. I think he's not as accurate from out wide. He's not a bad kicker. He certainly, you know, I mean, he was the, our front-line kicker for a while there uh, last year, but um, I don't, he's, not, he's not as uh, dependable as Lyon is, so uh, I think we might miss a goal or two. I'm thinking 16 to 8 to the Cowboys. I, I really honestly think they'll win it. I think Manly are going to come in hard early. Eight they're going points. to fade. I think they're going to fade after a brutal game last week. And I we've think only scored eight points one time. One time we only scored eight points once all season. Yeah, but you're not going to have Jamie Lyon there. Guess when it was? Yeah, we are going to have Jamie Lyon there. And guess and guess when we scored eight points? Underdone. Guess when we scored eight points? When? When we beat the Cowboys eight six at Dairy Farmers the other week. I, I, right. I really honestly, I just don't think you're going to win. Don't take it personally. I just don't think you're going to win. We are going to win, and um, if you if you don't put money on it to win, you you you're doing yourself a massive disservice. I hope we, I hope we blow out more. If we go up to two hundred fifty, <laughs> if we go to two dollars fifty, I'll, I'll put fucking I'll put a I'll put a dozen monkeys on it. Sometimes I think you're high. That's how. <laughs> such is the level of your your one-eyedness. <laughs> well, my team's there to be one-eyed about. I got to enjoy that. Fair enough. And you're just you're just being you're just being contrary, just to be contrary. No, because, not at all. I backed I backed Manly in last week. I sat here in this exact chair and said Manly were going to win, and I was wrong. And now this you jumped time, off. You just like the character to stick with it. This time, I just don't think they're going to do it. I'm sorry. <sighs> so what happens if they win? If Manly win, yeah. Well, I I'll come. I'll tweet you and say you were right. <laughs> Actually, no, I won't. Because what, what time's this game on? Friday night, is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I won't be drunk. So I probably will. Otherwise, it would have been something abusive. <laughs> no, you won't be drunk when you got to run? Yeah, I got to run Sunday on Sunday. Or Sunday? Yeah, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, so you'll be right. You'll be right. Okay, um, moving on to the next game. This is the second semi-final. It is the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus Canberra Raiders at ANZ Stadium. This one, Tony Archer and Matt Chechen are the referees, which I think is kind of strange because I heard a rumour through the week that they were actually, I thought they were going to be dropped. Uh, as, as, really? as, a, as a unit yeah because they're both terrible Archer was terrible because um, we didn't mention in the Canberra game like some of the ridiculous like those forward pass try do you remember that try that was yeah, scored that was, from that the, was the very Sharkies? line ball fucking two metre line uh, I was 
I, I've seen a lot of those go through this year. You can't. Guy was on a ten meter line when he passed it, and the guy caught it and it fell on the line. Can't crucify <laughs> these two guys for something that was. It was the second worst forward pass I've ever seen. I'm going right there. Wow. After the the worst one being the one when Jared Hayne basically fell back from the line of scrimmage and fucking threw it 10 metres forward. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> that was the worst one, just simply because it was just like the most obviously obvious thing ever and it was mystifying that the, the, it wasn't seen. But this it was bad forward pass. I mean, I'm kind of sceptical sometimes when people go, oh, forward. But then on replay, that was so bad and the linesman was directly next to the guy who took the pass. Like, they can't catch was, everything though. Like, I was watching it on the world's worst TV, but yeah. like... It's just the humans that rule this game. You can't catch everything. You win some, you lose some. Let's move on, people. I think. Are you gonna? What about the kick, though? Do you think the kick? Do you think it was offside, Ferguson? Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not as up in arms about, the, about that know, stuff as. Was. Yeah, I'd, that that one didn't infuriate me as much as the forward pass did. But you know the the uh, Raiders won anyway. There was a Cronulla tr- try, so you know it all kind of worked out in the end anyway. Uh, anyway, back on the target: uh, Rabbitohs versus the Raiders. Um, you yeah, know, Rabbitohs going to play the dogs. So the Rabbitohs have they've put Everingham in there um, at centre to replace uh, the broken armed Matt King. I think that's probably an improvement, to be honest, uh, in their side. They got a massive extended bench there with uh, three extra players: Ben Lowe, Dave Tyrrell, and Sean Corrigan. So there must be some other, you know, possible. Who are they putting on the wing? Wings. They got Merritt and Justin Hunt. Interesting so. to see what happens down that sideline. I mean, Everingham's great at um, yeah, he's he's pretty good under the high ball. He's he's scored a few like that, yep. and he seems to be able to like pull out a miracle miracle play out where he's keeping the ball in play. From the wing, I don't know if um, I guess those things that are, you can't really tell if they're going to happen. He spent a lot of time. Them, he spent a lot of time in the centres though, like in in the early uh, stages of um, the season when he first made, you know, jumped on with a bang. I mean, he was scoring a lot of his tries and everything when he was in the centre. So we'll see how he um, how he goes out there. I really don't think it matters. <laughs> Canberra's going to win this game. Yeah, well, I honestly don't know who's going to win because I kind of still been waiting, you know, for Canberra for the wheels to fall off a little bit, but um. I still think that I want to see Canberra win. Oh, so do I. Look, Canberra have won 10 of their last 16 at ANZ. And their away record is, I think, um, 7-5 and five is their best in 10 years. So, look, they, if they're going to turn it around, or as in win away, they're not even turning it around. What am I saying? If they're just going to continue this run of winning away, let's do it against a dodgy South. South's are at $1.45 to win this game. They should not be that... That's people. That's based that's on their third placing in the season, uh, not, not recent silly. form. That's Camera for sure. at two dollars eighty-five. Like I don't, I don't care what you need to do. That's sell, fucking, there's some value sell there. all your kids' toys and go to the tab mm. and put it on there. Even with six and a half start on Canberra, giving them six and a half point um, points, dollar ninety. So I don't know what you're doing, people out there, but drop it now. Get to the tab. Get to whatever you need to do and get on Canberra because Souths are done. The only possibility is that no croaker means that you know their tries will probably be most likely four rather than six. Canberra do score most of their tries out wide, that is very so they're true. losing a bit of sharp shooting accuracy because Croker's really good at kicking goals unless he has to, like you know to tie a game up for extra time or something like that. But in any case, they've lost that, so that could be an issue if they're not scoring their tries under the sticks. Greg Inglis is going to have a big game. I think there's no doubt he's going to come out. And, yep. and have a big one. I think they're going to try and run over the top of them. But Canberra have got some big boys. They're, they're yeah, going to be able to yeah, repel this that. attack. Um, they'll try. Look, there's some. 
Canberra don't have the best defense. We mentioned it earlier, so there's yep. going to be there's going to be tries in this game. There's going to be a lot of points. Yep. Um, I just I just once again, it's just that belief in South. It's just just isn't there. Yep. In fact, this is two of the sides that I've got no belief in. No, I had no belief in. Um, but of the two, I'm, I certainly want to see the Raiders win, and uh, let's hope it turns out. I mean, by, by sheer force of me wanting him to win this weekend, Manly and Raiders with a double. Easy wins for both sides. Congratulations, guys. You're going through to the prelims. It's as good as that. <laughs> as simple as that is happening. <laughs> <laughs> that is full time for episode 104. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. Facebook, as we as you all know, it's facebook.com forward slash This Week in League, but we had the whole mission to get to 1,000 likes before the end of the season, and we have done it early. We've got 1,001 at the moment, and it's hard to know um, who the actual number 1,000 was. I have a feeling that um, the uh, person who made us 1,000, I think then we lost an earlier person, and then we've had two people come on since. So... Um, the person who I think it is is uh, someone who's yeah with a, a made-up name is Simon, but it's uh, Simon says Hachinohe. They live in Japan. Uh, hey, one thousand likes. I thought you Gronks needed the push, so happy milli likes from Japan. So high I'm presu- five, buddy. So I'm presuming that um, that Simon was actually the person who uh, who put us up to a thousand at the time, and then since then we've had you know some uh, people come on afterwards. So uh, thank you very much, and uh, thanks for everyone else as well. So you took the time to uh, stop vending underwear from machines to come over and, and, <laughs> and drinking throw one, a few one liter one liter kegs of Asahi That's out of fantastic. the drink machines. I did see a few, um, I think one or two of my mates, I did see come up on my timeline. Yeah, they, they got their like on. Yeah, that's good. So um, it's good to see. Yeah, um, and we also had just on, on Facebook, we had uh, something, and I don't know if you've heard this, but let's see, uh, Matt Boyle, who people, uh, long-time listeners of the show, uh, Matt did uh, like a UK segment on the show uh, back in the day before yep. everyone started that. hating on it so much. Um, rumours over here, so from England, saying rumours over here are starting to circulate the big source, maybe ESL bound, and he's mentioned Wigan slash Hull. I find it highly unlikely given in his current role as international prop and increasing cap, but any talk over your way. None, no, as far nothing, as I've, no I've not heard anything about Galloway leaving at all. So, yeah, I think that's bullshit. I'll keep eight years of the ground, though. You never know. Yeah, iTunes, no new reviews this week. It's an outrage, and I blame you. Well, <laughs> that, I think they didn't have time because they were too busy tweeting me and asking, you know, can I come over, get sexy with you? You got that really, like, awesome voice that makes me want to take my clothes off. There was lots of that going on. There was lots of them tweeting pictures, like... What part of my body is this? There was a lot of that going on with the lovely people, Twilly community. So they just didn't have time to write reviews. So I do encourage you to stop tweeting me pictures of your bits and definitely write a review. Possibly say how awesome I was in my short stint here. <laughs> Tipping. Uh, I dropped a couple of spots. Um, you're sitting back in 49th. I think that puts you on the first page though. So that's, you know. It's a start. It's about as good as you could hope. I'm fucking terrible. Um the top five, uh, the top two places have remained exactly the same. It's me, Cookie Bra, is number one on 130 points. Back one point is Whitey on 129. They both got three or four on the weekend. Todd H1987, so that's, uh, we know Todd, uh, he's Cruzy's mate. Uh, he is jumped up to third place. He's on 128, so two points off the lead. And uh, Kylie M has dropped 
to uh, 128 points. So she's on 128 as well. She got three right out of four as well. Todd jumped up on virtue of getting a perfect round. And uh, Dave Mack, he was in fifth position. He's three points off the lead. Uh, he got three as well. So he's on 127. And there's a couple other people scattered, you know, around from 125 to 126. Uh, so there's probably, you know, about, uh, about eight people in striking distance. But I think as we get down, you know, two games this week. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, two games the next week, then one game. So with only five points available. And, you know, I think it's going to be tough for people to really pull back more. I think it's really pretty much down to the top three now, maybe even the top two, just waiting for that mistake. Um Fantasy. Now we we've got our winners. As I said last week, we've got our winners for the seven comps we ran. But I don't have access to the competitions that Glenn ran. So if people could, uh, if you were involved in uh, the this week in league comps, especially numbers one through five, uh, anyone who was in those comps, can you let me know who, who the winning team was uh, in those competitions, just so we can uh, sort the winners out? Um, in the new comp, are you in the new one? I don't think no, you are. I've, no, I'm not in the finals comps. Um, there's, I'm, I'm 21st and we've got about uh, 70 people in there. I was in the top 10 until, um, they revised points and they stripped 19 points off me. I don't know which player they stripped the points off, but that sucked. So number one, we got Queerly, who's a new listener this year. Uh, he had 480 points last week. Um, tied in, uh, so in second place, but we got our Bunny Licious. So that's Belinda. She's at 480 as well. Back one point. Toto's Terror is 479. Another point back. We've got Big Dog 85. That's 478. And back there on 442 in fifth, we have Birdsville was riped. I assume they mean ripped, but maybe, you know, it's definitely riped. Um, <laughs> so that's Sally anyway. So congratulations to the top five so far and uh, keep it up. And finally, Shop. Still got stock of, of the shirts, the hats, and the stubby coolers and all that stuff. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. Coming up to gift the, giving time. The, um, sorry. You're looking at one of the stubby holders right yes, there. Yeah, right here. Got in my um, sweet little hands. And I think, I think where you're not looking, I'll, I'll swipe that. And I think, for, I think for your fine efforts, actually, I'm going to give you a shirt for coming in and helping us out. Oh, So I'm give you a shirt right after we hit stop on the show, That'd I think. Awesome. I'll see if we've got any uh, ladies smalls ladies left. <laughs> ladies smalls left. Is there any crop tops? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so if this does turn out to be the last week with you on the show, thanks very much for uh, helping us out in a in a tight bind. I, I um, really really enjoyed it. I think I've been telling everyone about my pseudo stardom that will listen <laughs> this week like literally everyone I've talked the ears off about it I've really loved every minute so thank you yeah, for having yeah. me I mean you've been a very um, very long long time listener of the show and obviously mate and everything since we through pretty much through the show or through Twitter anyway you know like that's that's how we actually met you know and um in person for the first time, you know, back at a game I assume you know, Broncos game or something. So um yeah, Matt you've helped us out. Thanks very much. I loved every minute of it. Look, I, I hope it's my last week. It'd be great to have Glenn back on. And that also means that I get to listen to this week in league. So I'm missing out, on my, awesome, free. <laughs> I'm missing out on my podcast time. But um, look, I enjoyed every minute of it. So thank you. Cool. All right. That's all we've got time for this week. So go Manly, 13 plus. Boo. As, uh, as, as Bones and some of the other guys say, uh, the mighty Manly Seagulls, world club champions, runners up. And <laughs> Runners up. Manly to win. 26 points to 16. 13 plus.
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 